Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And this is Bros Watch PLL2. We're back for S6E20, the season finale of Pretty Little Liars. Mm-hmm. Hush, hush, sweet liars. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in iTunes, hush, hush, sweet little liars for some reason. Hmm. Uh, quite the finale. Mm-hmm. I um, I like this episode. There are certain things in it I don't like, but I think like as a as a piece of television, it was paced well. It was fun, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, to a certain extent, all of the weird teases that we'd gotten like mm-hmm. uh, had effective like edge your seat viewing is this this is that is this that um definitely but, lots of little red herrings and like keep you guessing type of stuff yeah 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 and a lot i i think a lot of people agree generally kind of a season one vibe or early season vibe it seemed like somewhat yeah i mean like it's like after 10 episodes of this brave new world like they really kind of got into that frenzied groove that is pll yeah all right, well, um, this is written by I, Marlene King, directed by Ron Lagomarsino. Big secret, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knew he was directing the episode till there. Uh, do you have any follow-up? I have a couple of notes. Um, one of our listeners, Courtney, had, had pointed out that that blue card from A at the hospital was tucked into purple flowers, much like the, the Charlotte ones from the night she died. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. We had lots of corrections on the culottes. Yeah, thanks to Rebecca and Lulu for pointing out that Spencer's pantaloons are called culottes. Uh, some people asked or emailed if we ever found out what Ostinato was about. Uh, no. Um, also, I want to thank... It's about Arya, basically, right? We're going to have to assume. I want to thank Barrett, who emailed us about last week's episode, and specifically the usage of the cover of Call Me at the end, mostly because back in 2003, Lucy Hale performed a cover of the song on American Juniors, and I watched it, and it is amazing. Hmm. Uh, Seriously, people, go find it on YouTube. I also want to thank uh, listener Meg, who put what we were talking about last week very succinctly. Mona was bullied by Allison to the point of a mental breakdown. Ezra is absolutely a predator and not a victim. Yeah. Well, and I should say in the the tweets that we got, uh, I think it was Rachel, if I'm not mistaken, she wasn't directly comparing Mona to Ezra. So it's not like she was saying if if Mona was a guy, you know, would we think differently? Mm. Um, But I think it's it is still a huge difference. Um, Um, Yeah, I think most of the response we got in the comments on our website were like Mona is the best. Like agreed. basically. Yeah. Yeah, they don't call it the band of Jesus for nothing. Um, also, as usual, Heather Hogan has written something incredibly interesting, and I'd recommend everyone checking out her article on the D-Gang of PLO. We'll talk about the end, yeah. Um, also, uh, just before we get into this one, I just want to say a quick note about this one, because you have some some issues prior. Uh, I had been talking before about like the back when it was in the future, the Scream TV show, and that PLO would be the template, which I think is fitting, because I felt aspects of Scream 2 and 3 in this episode. Hmm. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Scream 3, huh? Well, even Scream 3, which is much derided by myself. I've only seen that way once, so. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that about covers the follow-up. Uh, everybody wants Allie to be A instead of a complete sap, it seems like, from our uh, comments on our website page. Fair. And apparently I say and whatnot a lot. I'm not aware of that, but I'll think about that. Add that to your bingo thing. Mm-hmm. 
All right, so shall we uh, dive right in? Please, God, yes. So we're going to pick up right where the last episode left off. We're in Lucas's loft. We got a kind of a long, deep shot. There's kind of a lot of deep, focused shots this season, it seems like. A lot of depth in the sets. It's like Arya's way in the back on the phone. Mm. Spencer's pacing. Ezra's just like sitting there, I guess, trying to look concerned or something. Like, I feel like in Hezzer's head right now, he's just like, gosh, it seems pretty serious. I guess it's better to like, sit here and look aggrieved. Well, his his storyline makes him a fish out of water in mm-hmm. every other storyline. <laughs> he's like, at least they're not all 16. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe he's disappointed that they're not. I, I want to start the, the analogy that Ezra's like the Chang of the group. <laughs> you know, he still doesn't know go. if he's in the study group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, Emily's on the couch, on the back of the couch. On the couch itself is Hannah, and then all the way in the foreground is uh, Caleb, just sitting there being Caleb. Yeah. They're all just waiting for a response from that text Hannah sent. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see her Ari in the background. She says, okay, thanks. Spencer's like, anything? And Hannah and Emily just shrug. Ari says on the phone, get some rest. Okay, I'll call you later. Bye. And she walks back and says, that was Allison. She's headed home tomorrow, but Elliot's gonna go, going to a conference in Chicago. And Emily's like, she shouldn't be alone. And Ezra's like, None of you should till this is over. Thank Thanks, Ezra. Thanks, Dad. They brought you in on the plan because you had to fill the role of Captain Obvious. <laughs> and Ezra's like, Caleb, what am I doing here exactly? And Caleb's like, I need you to repeat a lot of stupid shit back at me so I can give someone a dirty look. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think Hannah says, like, guys, she's typing. So everybody comes and crowds around her phone. Uh, notably, Spencer and Caleb are on opposite sides of her. Mm-hmm. Phone beeps, new text. If you're lying, I emoji gun all of you. And then Caleb translates for us. If you're, li- I'm sorry. <clears throat> if you're lying, I shoot all of you. Spencer, Spencer says, uh, Hannah, are you sure that you want to do this? And Hannah says, first it was Arya, then Allie. Whoever's next could end up lying in a casket instead of a hospital bed. We and we all decide that this is the right thing to do. Uh, actually, the Halebocracy made that decision yeah. for everyone. Yeah, Annie, you decided that. Yeah. Uh, we were specifically told this is not a democracy. Uh, yeah, Spencer's like, okay, but we can undecide. It's not too late. And Hannah says, yeah, well, I trust Caleb. What the fuck does that even mean? And and even Caleb like, gives her a look like, that's got to sting. Well, like Spencer, you don't trust the liars or something? <laughs> well, and Spencer's like, you know, that hurts, but I shall let it roll off of me for now. And she's just like, yeah, I do too. So we get like look from uh you know look from Spencer to Hannah then to Caleb and you know Caleb subtitle I got it real tough. Um, even Arya shares a look with Emily like this is both juicy and scandalous. Arya and Emily are just like oh boy, Ooh. we see it coming. Yeah, Hannah starts texting back. It's the truth. I'll call the cops. I love the little eyebrow raise Arya does there. It's just yeah. like mm, girlfriend. Yeah. Well then, so Hannah types that, and then Arya is the one who lets us know she's sending another text. Can I just interrupt and say, can you imagine like Arya like taking Spencer aside and she's just like, girl, if that were me, I would have murdered somebody. You need to lock that down. You need to shut that shit down, Anna, right now. I want it to be like, uh, girl, if that were me. And then Arya runs out of the room. Mm -hmm. And then like a week later, she's just like hands Spencer a manuscript. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then the text comes in. No pig in a cop's head emoji. (laughs) No pigs. Uh, so Ari's like, no police. And Ezra says, as predicted. 
So there's some weird ADR here. Uh, so Hannah looks to Spencer, then to Caleb. Then we see Spencer seeing Caleb sharing that look of Hannah, and Hannah says, oh, another text. So Spencer reads this one as it appears on screen. Uh, it says, this is between you and me, and the we see it on screen as it's a shot of Hannah and Caleb, <laughs> as Spencer says it. And then Caleb's like, Sarah Harvey took the bait. And Hannah types back, I need one more day. So everyone's watching the phone, waiting. Another text comes in. Hannah sees it, closes her eyes. And Arya reads that. Well, it's text. like it's like it's what she's feared. You know? Yeah. Arya reads a text off her phone for us. It'll be your last. So Hannah looks to Spencer. Emily looks uncomfortable. Everybody's usual. very concerned, except for Ezra, whose face is just like, well, yeah, <laughs> this is happening. I, I need to clean up all those uh, magazines that I left out on the table for Arya comes over next. Um, yeah, so like get a big shot of all of them processing like they're in like the facial reaction Olympics. Um, and then the credits. Oh, shit. Arya is the shusher, as mm-hmm. it should be. As always. I wonder if they'll reverse the order, switch up the order. Or if this is just from now on, she's always going to be like 5 and 10, 15 and 20. So I want them to do one next season where you get the typical startup where it's like the five girls again this like 6b or this this five years forward you know startup and then like when we would do the zoom on a shusher i want them to like zoom in on like cc supposed to be in the coffin though who cares okay um kind of gross that would be like it'd be cool if like you finally got like the cc flashback episode and that's how that's how they kind of prepped you uh so after the credits we're to Allison's house the next day. She's all snuggled up on the couch when Rollins comes over with some pill bottles. Pause for non-applause. Yeah. <laughs> Pause for crickets. Um, Dr. Rollins. Just <laughs> the like, audience is just like, boo. I'm going to point out my notes. He's still Dr. Rollins. I just call him Rollins. I don't even afford him the doctor. It's it's not that I want to like give him his status or that he's earned or anything. It's just that I still want to type. Every time they say, I want to be like, who the fuck is Elliot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elliot, go home. Yeah, he's he's bringing in some pills and a glass of water. Hmm. Note that. Yeah. And he says, are you sure you want to rest on the couch? And Allie says, I already feel like an invalid because she has a concussion. Uh, please don't make me crawl into another bed. And he sits with her on the couch and he says, you're far from an invalid. And she cuddles and oh my God, this is so dull. Like, I, I, I'm trying to like imagine this scene like what if it was Ren, you know? Like, how would this play differently if, if we if they had Julian Morris? We talked about this a little before. I feel like Ren is more suspicious just by his very presence. Like, he is such like a lightning rod character now. Well, there is no way they could try to play this as like a wholesome relationship if it was Ren, you know? Yeah. Ren, Which would be a good thing, I think. Ren, possibly like a bigger pervert than Ezra. I don't know about that. Hmm. Ezra is the one actually dating underage girls. As Ren's just attempted to do so. Ren like backs off though. Like Ren actually like like had Spencer at his place and was like, no, this is a bad idea. I mean, I'm not saying he's like a saint or anything, but he has that for him. True. Yeah. True. So anyway, Ron says, even your doctor said you showed tremendous strength. You and Charlotte both have that in common. Um does does Rollins have like a Philly accent? Is that what he's going for? Because he talks really weird. I think it's a you know British actor. I feel like he's trying, he's trying to do to. like a Philly accent though. You know. Uh, and do you, do you would you recognize a Philly accent if you heard it? Maybe. Okay. Allie says I miss her every day, and he says I still feel responsible. 
even though his face does not say he feels responsible. And Allie says, Elliot, you're not. And then Rollins is like, who's Elliot? <laughs> she says, you gave me back my sister as a, a healthy, hopeful person. Jason and I only had a few years with her, but we wouldn't have had that without you. And he's like, your brother filled me in on everything he's doing at Karasimi. I think it's a brilliant tribute to Charlotte. She'd be so proud to know all that money is being used to help people. Well, it's Everybody like, got that? It's like, for me personally, it was like, finally. <laughs> yeah, I know. Finally, you guys. Some finally. It's all about. Oh, so you missed that. They, they cut over to a picture of like the frame picture of Charlotte nearby. And there's mm. Vanessa Ray, just looking radiant and gorgeous as like always. Season three Vanessa Ray. Yeah. 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 Definitely a young photo. Um, yeah. And so then Allie says, now no one can take that away from us, from her. Everybody got that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kiss some more and I fall asleep. And Elliot says, forget it. I'm not going to the conference. And Allie's like, Elliot, I love you, but I know you're stalling. And he laughs like this wasn't exactly what he wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you should go before you miss your plane. They kiss some more, and he's like, I love you, too. They cuddle. Uh, just imagine if this was like a torrid romance between Allie and Ren. I don't know. Could that Into work? It. Into it. I mean, I mean it couldn't it, be worse, for sure. You know, I mean, it's a little bit of what I feel like they should have explored somewhat with uh, her and uh, uh, what's his name, the cop? The, the oh, that's just... Departed voice. Holbrook? I'll I'll have oh yeah Holbrook okay I thought you were gonna say Lorenzo um, no 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 no, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so we, you know we see the we cut to the something we see the plans of the rally sanitarium it's in the uh, fictional and upbeat sounding Darkett County um, and we see the plans in that room circle that was Charlotte so we realize that we're in Spencer's barn with Spencer and Toby and Spencer's like laying the rally hotel plans over the sanitarium ones. And she says, so so here's Sarah's old room, and this is where her secret exit door was. But Toby leans in closer. But first, he needs to put on his Clark Kent nerd glasses. Now, I guess some people saw this as a hint that, uh, like, the glasses that the uh, the A with the mask was wearing. Hmm. I didn't read that at all. I, I guess, like I guess that could theoretically be a hint or something. But, yeah, he's got to put on his, his glasses here. Because so he's farsighted. So is Toby Superman and Caleb is Batman? Is that officially confirmed here? Um, do you bleed? <laughs> you will. I, I mean, I guess that so. we all do the Batman voice for Caleb. Yeah. I stand I, for truth and justice. And- I was trying to think of like a, a line of dialogue from Man of Steel, but that movie's so horrible, I couldn't think of a single one. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a flaw when you're Superman movie. <laughs> Unquotable. Yeah. Unquotable. And kind of ghastly. Uh, so Spencer sees us, and she's just like, when did you... Well, she's got a smile on, yeah. She's like, oh? And he's like, no, I I fought it as long as I could, but I had to admit defeat. When Yvonne and I were in Paris, and I, I thought I was pointing at an eclair on the menu, then the waiter brought us out a bucket of snails. Pause for laughter. I feel like Keegan Allen's just taunting us right now. Mm-hmm. Like, Toby's in Paris. Like, he speaks French, but he's just pointing at his menu the waiter <laughs> whatever this is and and true toby fashion i'm doing crazy hand gestures here, yeah which uh I'll he's doing out of control in this episode or in this scene especially mm-hmm. his hands are just telling a his hands keep story. creeping into the frame yeah 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 uh spencer is just laughing with incredulity at this 
And then uh, she's she's going to speak in flawless French here. I can't replicate it. But translated, she says at least both words start with the letter E. Mm-hmm. And Toby says, yeah, but who wants to eat snails for breakfast? And she's kind of surprised that uh, he understood her. And she's like, you remember French? Uh, this whole episode, by the way, is going to be threatening us with the return of Smoby, which mm-hmm. I do not care for. <laughs> and now Toby's going to speak some French. Not as well as Spencer, though. And he says... You know, in French, I had a good teacher. I don't think I could do French Toby accent. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Somebody on Twitter asked me for a, a British Toby. I can't remember why, though. Like, what joke that was involved with. Shine hmm. your shoes, Gavna. Um, I would love to have a scene of that night that Toby knocked on the door at Melissa's place yes. and Ren answered. I feel like Ren takes him to the pub. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. And then, and then maybe, leaves him with the bill. Well, <laughs> or maybe one, just one of those nights that they don't talk about. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Where were we? Um, so, yeah, he says he had a good teacher. And Spencer says back in French, he looked very distinguished, kind of pointed at his glasses. And Toby says, mm, no, I look like a guy who needs glasses. Yeah. And she smiles. Are you happy now, Spoby fans? And Toby's like, now, why don't you want to get back down here? Or why do you want to get back down here? Spencer says, uh, because Sarah just checked back into the hotel and she specifically asked for a room on the first floor. So she kind of puts uh, the first floor hotel plans overlaid on the, the Radley plans. Mm-hmm. And we see there's uh, like this old Radley basement that uh, room 193 is over. I want to point out, it's on a totally different wing. It's, like, way over on, like, the left side of the plans. Whoops! Yeah. <laughs> Wrong room. And Spencer says, so we think that she must be looking for something. And whatever that thing is, maybe we can use it to prove she's our new big bad. <laughs> and you know you're six seasons in when shows start getting metatextual. Mm-hmm. Start talking about the big bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, <laughs> Buffy did it, what? By season two. <laughs> uh, I feel like it's season three. Could be wrong. Um, but yeah, uh, so Toby's like, so if I make sure that she's locked out when Hannah's waiting for her, it'll be safe to go down there and find it. They both nod. So I guess the plan is to just like lock her out of her room so they can check underneath her room to see what she wants when Sarah's off taking the bait. I just, I see Toby breaking into uh, uh, Sarah's room, looking around, and then just, like, putting a chair under the door handle. <laughs> well, we're going to see in a little bit that their plan, like, completely goes in a different direction than then it. They're going to yeah. look somewhere completely different from where Sarah's well, looking. because they hadn't thought to bring in a teen contractor. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lucas is lost. Caleb's, like, looking at some photos from the Lost Woods Resort, and Emily walks in. She's the, a big... the old Lost Woods Resort, it's all uh, overgrown and boarded up like foliage everywhere the forest has reclaimed it mm-hmm. but that's emily's car out front in those photos yeah so emily has a big bag of her and she's like hey he's like hey and he uh, he's wearing a black tee with like a blue skull on it. and she says where's hannah and he says uh she's at the radley she wanted to make a look like she was saying her last goodbyes to her mom and Emily's like ah i left a generator in the van well which... she brought in a bunch of like very like fashionable black bags which i guess the hardware store gives out Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a bunch of shit she just bought. This is the hardware store. What I feel like they have a discreet package for like mm-hmm. when you want to bury a spouse. Yes. They have they have all the tools you need. Um, was also I just something funny to me about Emily renting a van. Uh, so she oh, starts like did she rent the van? 
does does Caleb just have an eighteen van lying around or something? <laughs> With love, it's a straight up eighteen van or like yeah. a Scooby Doo van. Well, she's handing him these like these portable lights and like these little like view screens and like all this shit. Like, who's paying for this? Yeah, really. Like, well, Lucas. I mean, I guess they're all vaguely well to do. Uh, do you think for... Hannah could talk uh, Lucas into handing over the credit card? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So Caleb says, "Yeah, because nothing smells like trap. Like one of us bringing a machine that like can deliver ninety five hundred watts." And he's like, "Well, I drove to Ardmore to get us, and and no one followed me." Um. Also, I decided that I hated Lucas more here because he has a figurine of DC Comics's Lobo in the background, like before Deadpool. Yeah. Before Deadpool, there was Lobo. Mm-hmm. Um. And Emily's like, "How do you know? Like, how to build an electric fence?" He's like. I googled how to build an electric fence. So, do you think that could maybe be a, a hint that he, uh, like, people are? I saw were like, "Oh, does that mean he helps build like the uh, the dollhouse or something like that?" I think that's reaching. Okay. I think I think the show is so good that now we're just doubting every fucking thing we. See. I'm just saying, Caleb. At the end of this episode, I, I turned a jaundice eye towards him, not just for what he did to Spencer, but yeah, he 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 could theoretically be evil and, and playing them all. Here's the thing. Could Caleb have been involved with that horrific dollhouse and what it did to the liars? Quite possibly. But would it match the hell that he then co-signed himself to of having to bro up with Ezra <laughs> for three well, that's what he didn't bargain for. hellscape weeks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, she's like, if this whole thing works, it's gonna not going to kill her, right? And he's like, it will work. No, you'll just knock her on her ass. And she'll stay there until one of us picks her up. So Hannah's Emily's still worried about Sarah Harvey. You know, it's like, oh, you're not going to hurt her. Well, I like how Hannah's plan is like, fry the bitch. (laughs) Um, And and it's like, I know I should be saying this, but this whole thing kind of reeks of irony. So in the back. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Emily uses electricity on Sarah Harvey. It's super effective. <laughs> it's her one weakness. <laughs> the water won't kill her, but electricity will. So in the background, Hannah returns. She kind of stands there listening to them. She says, "You should totally say it. If we're right about Sarah, she deserves more than a few volts." And Hannah, oh, well, see, Hannah walks off, and like Emily's just like, "Damn." Dark we Hannah. we can't let the the outfit Hannah's wearing pass us by here. She has like black pants on and like this crazy like lacy black long sleeve like high neck shirt. It's like black and red, like crimson lace. It's totally A colors. Like this mm-hmm. is an A outfit. Mm-hmm. It also looks like she might have just walked out of like a '90s music video. Um, so Spencer's barn. Spencer comes back to where she and Toby are working. She has like the coffee refills, and he's reading something, and he says, "Sarah's working off the grid. Get it? <laughs> Get it? Off the grid electricity." <laughs> <laughs> I crack myself up. Spencer says here, he says thanks. When he takes the coffee cup from her, he kind of briefly touches her hand. And we get a close-up of this, so we know, like, ooh, Spoby. Well, it's like, if, this is, if you wanted that shot of Toby getting flustered, mm-hmm. here it is. Yeah, and then he kind of clears his throat, like, <clears throat> but uh, I think she missed something in the East Wing. There's a records room in the old Radley basement. Um, but on the, this current blueprint, there's no visible door to access it. And we kind of, he points on the plans and shows her and she's kind of flipping back between the original plans and new plans. We see there's this records room. There's no door in the new plans. There was one in the old plan. So secret room. This is totally on the other side of the the whole hotel from where Sarah Harvey's room was. Mm. So I don't think this was Sarah's objective. No. No. Yeah. 
Anyway, Spencer says, so somebody turned it into a secret room? And Toby says, somebody who spent a lot of time at Radley. Spencer's like, Charlotte. Well, Toby makes this kind of like bitchy duh face. I would swear that Keegan is playing Toby like he has like a stutter or is drunk or something now. Because he's like, I'll seal Sarah's secret exit door. That way, when we're down there, she won't be able to get back in. What would you do if just in the background of one of these mini group shots, like Toby just like takes a quick hit from a flask? <laughs> I don't think he'd be a flask guy, though. I feel Toby like he... is a six pack guy. <laughs> he takes he's a townie. quick hit from a six pack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely a townie. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. So Toby's going to steal the secret extra door? Uh, yeah, Spencer says, we. And he says, yeah, I'm going to let you do this. I'm not going to let you do this alone. Spencer's like, Toby, this is tomorrow night. And he's shaking his head. And she says, I was thinking that you could just do the prep work today, and then I can sneak down there during my mom's party. And he says, I can't drag my power tools into a hotel and then cut through walls without m- making a lot of noise. I think I'm going to have to play him stuttering from now on because it's kind of fun. Mm. whether your mom wins or loses (laughs) Radley will be a scene tomorrow that will be our cover he's doing a lot of hand acting right now that might actually get kind of annoying I know Uh, I mean unless you want Keegan Allen to put even more of a fatwa on our heads (laughs) Spencer says I I, I just don't want to mess things up for you and Yvonne he's like I don't either but if you w- w- want to find out what's in this room, we're going to do this together. There's a big crescendo on the score. Like, oh, Toby's back in accident. Like, fuck his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. I He's a, he's a horrible boyfriend. I mean, he's in, a, in an episode of Horrible Boyfriends. But um, not no spoilers for where we go in this episode. But I really want, like, now that we do this scene for, like, at the end of the, the underneath the Radley stuff in this episode... Before they leave, I want Spencer to hesitate, and Toby's like, whoa, 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 what's going on? And she pulls out, like, a can of gasoline and some matches, and she's like, I'm tired of finding plot reveals in this fucking sanitarium. <laughs> We're burning it all down. Oh, that would have hurt Ashley Marin, though. Can't do that. Uh, you know, but still, like, this, Her is meal fifth, ticket. this is the fifth time I've had to find, like, a secret goddamn file here. <laughs> Radley is full of, of secret files. I kind of wonder if it was planted there, but we'll get to that, yeah. Yeah, I have my theories because of the... Anyway. Yeah. So that's her apartment. Arya's like sitting at the kitchen table, typing away on her, her tablet with a keyboard She's thing. just clacking away. Clackety clack clack. Uh, we got to talk about her beverages. outfit. Well, and the beverages too. There's a lot of beverages on the table. A lot of caffeine. Yeah, she's got some Red Bull and some cola. Uh, Arya is wearing like silver sparkly Vans. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of like ripped jeans and then like a tank top. It's fairly casual look. I feel like around Ezra she's gotten a little more casual this season well the one that follows this outfit holy fuck well that is an outfit with intentions but yeah we'll get Mm -hmm. to that Uh, so yeah she stops typing she checks a bag of chips in front of her and it's empty and she just (laughs) frowns and drops it Arya realizes the chips are empty in the craziest way possible like (laughs) eye level like it's a periscope. Actually, those aren't chips. Those are milk chocolate covered pretzels. That sounds good. Yeah. And then we over in the background, we see Ezra's just like zoning out at his desk. And she looks up and notices this. He says, I just wrote a sentence so good and so powerful that I came. Ew. 
All right, he's like, Ezra, you okay? And he's he's making some emotion faces. He closes his laptop. He gets up and goes over to the couch to sulk. And it's like Arya knows, like, oh, Ezra's sulking. I better go over and comfort him. Mm-hmm. It's such a performance between the two of them, you know. Mm-hmm. She's like, were you working on the last chapter? And we see his his face is wet with some manly tears. And he's like, it's finished. And she's like, do you want me to read it? And he's like, no. No. Uh, he says, I'm never going to see her again. And she's just staring at him. Like, this is just catnip to her, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, only Arya cares about Ezra's man pain. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I haven't said that out loud. I couldn't, I couldn't let myself believe that she was really gone. Well, the nice thing about his emotional vulnerability right here is that for a brief moment, Arya can feel like she's sane. And she's like, God, Ezra, I'm so sorry. You're a pussy. And she sits next to him. She didn't say that last part. <laughs> then she puts a cigarette on his face. Yeah. And she says, but you've written a beautiful love story for Nicole. Which, like, I'm so sure that's how Nicole wanted to be remembered by this asshole who's probably about to dump her. Like, wouldn't it be a great, like, very last stinger for the episode if, like, Nicole, like, on the other side of the world, it's, like, just covered in shit, comes out of the desert, ends up somewhere in semblance, and, like, finds a copy of this fucking book on a stand and, like, reads it? <laughs> and then just, like, like shoots herself. Or just throws it in the trash can and mm-hmm. walks away, and then... The poor newspaper stand guys, like, typically people pay for those. Anyway. Yeah, she says, I can finally hear her name without wanting to put my fist through a wall. Which she has done in this very apartment. she caresses his sad bastard face. Look how tiny her hands are. I don't know if you, like, happen to notice that. Mm -hmm. Like, either he has a huge head or Lucy Hale has (laughs) tiny little hands. Little baby hands? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's really creepy. (laughs) (laughs) She, She has... She has like little Donald Trump hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably still be in this. But uh, and then she she kind of realizes like, oh, I'm caressing this dude's face, and like yanks her hand back. He's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, hey. And he takes her hand in his, and he's like, thank you for pushing me to finish. And Arya's like, you did the heavy lifting. And Ezra's like, no, Arya, I was down for the count when you came back. And then she puts a second hand on top of his hand to really fully baby him here. And he's like, so I'd say we do it together. She <laughs> smiles at him. Are you enjoying my Ezra? <laughs> <laughs> it just, it, could it be more We had inside jokes. <laughs> I feel like uh, it's kind of like, uh, what was it? The 4A finale. It's like the only time we can ever really feel this relationship or not hate it as much is when... It kind of takes Arya by surprise a little bit. To I guess. Extent. You know, and like, it's like, it, it, it allows her more of the object of choice. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. She smiles at him, and then she kind of looks away, and then a little bit bashful, and then they just stare at each other for a while. Like, these two are totally going to bang soon. Mm-hmm. I would almost think it would be funny if, like, rather than the next scene that we get, if just the next time we cut to Ezra and Arya, they're just in bed, like, post-coital, having a cigarette. <laughs> like I'm, I'm waiting for the show to do that kind of thing where they they do the reveal like that rather than like you see it happen you just see the aftermath you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or or you do the thing where uh the bathroom door is open and you can tell that ezra's like sitting on the toilet like to pee and like Arya's like getting dressed <laughs> she's like that was great well you know we'll talk later about emily's lack of relationships in this season like, what if an episode started where, like, she gets a phone call and she's just, like, in bed next to Sabrina or something? 
you know, like yeah. something like that. And then she's like, oh, I got to go. Like, not, not that I'm saying you, you like, don't want to show that, you know, at all or anything. You want to avoid, you know, the romance. But it would be neat to kind of just see something implied rather than uh, just, you know, you always have to have the build up constantly. You know, and other other shows do that a lot, I feel like. And mm-hmm. the reaction's always like some people were upset. Some people didn't pick up on the signs. Even like the last episode, Next Generation. You know, mm-hmm. like suddenly like Worf and Troy are dating. Which is basically what this relationship is. Oh. Um, yeah, so meanwhile in Allison's living room, she's watching Cat on a Hot Tin Roof of Elizabeth Taylor and Paul Newman. That's an interesting reference. It is. Uh, one of our listeners, Jordan, emailed to say that, that her and her friend found it fascinating because the movie's essentially about like a fucked up family. And it's a good comparison to the Laurentis family. Um, I'm not gonna it's also entire. like about a woman like trying to seduce her possibly gay husband back who doesn't want to have sex with her. I mean, I, I don't know what they're going with that. Yeah. I don't want to do like all the quotes from Elizabeth Taylor here. But yeah, as, yeah. as the movie's playing, uh, Allison starts to hear her music box for at least, you know, playing, which is a nice callback. So she. Gets up to go investigate that. Ends up in her old room. She passes by that mirror, which I always find creepy. Oh, can we talk about the sweatshirt she's wearing that has all these, like, little Polaroids of palm trees on it? Yeah. Like, Ali's just chilling in, like, the messy ponytail and sweats. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, a way better look than, like, the weird, like, soccer mom outfit she's been wearing for half the season. Yeah. Yeah. Casual Allison. This and the one that she wears later. It just feels more natural. It seems like something like a person in their early 20s would wear. Yeah, well, I mean, Allison, because otherwise her fashion, it's not even so much like soccer mom. It's like, are you running for city council or something? Yeah, it's like PTA soccer mom. Yeah. So she ends up in an old room, passed by that old mirror. Uh, There's the open music box, a little ballerina spinning. And of course, you're in your mind, you're doing flashbacks to when Hannah saw Redcoat. The mirror has three faces. Yeah. Yeah. So Allison, she picks up the music box and she looks at it. We see that big mirror past her at one point. You just think you're going to see someone standing behind her. But instead, we switch angles as we hear the floorboards creak. And holy fucking shit in the doorway. It's zombie Jessica De Laurentiis in the sh- doorway. Oh, shit. There's a big old, like, scare chord on the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, everybody shits their pants at this moment, basically. <laughs> like, check yeah. your underwear. Ugh. <laughs> it's like creepy zombie Jessica. Yeah. Allie screams and drops the music box. And then, like... The box crashes on the floor, and she looks down at it, and then when she looks back up, Jessica's gone. Of course. She walks out in the living room, no one there. Mm-hmm. Phone rings. She slowly approaches her landline and answers well, it. Yeah, nice, nice, like the house is still and quiet, except for her breath, and then that phone rings, which you kind of jump a little bit. There's like this weird static sound on the other end for a second, and then you hear... like Oh, well, she's like, hello, is yeah, someone, someone there? there? And then you hear, did you miss me from her mom? And Allison drops the phone because, again, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, she just drops it. We push on in her as we go to the commercial. And then later on, at the commercial, it's nighttime. It's at the Delorentis house. Mm-hmm. Emily has come over to, like, calm Allie down. It looks like they just had dinner. Or moved the food around on their plate. Yeah, nothing looks like looks... a nice little salad there. Maybe some bread. But nothing, nothing looks eaten. Yeah, so they're talking. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's Rosewood. Something bad's happened. You hear the train in the background. Uh, and Allison's like, and I had an amazing dream about her in the hospital. She wanted me to know that she was proud of me. And Emily says, I had a dream like that after my dad's funeral. I fell asleep on the couch and he woke me up. He was wearing his dress blues and he looked so handsome. He came to say goodbye. And Allison's like, do you think it was really him? And Emily says, I'd like to think so because it felt so real because I wanted it to be. And Allison says, I didn't want to see my mom the way she looked today. And Emily's like, Allie, those painkillers are really strong. They can mess with your head. 
And Allison says, yeah, when they list the side effects, they should say, it may cause crazy visions. So Emily says, i like to see that commercial. So she, Allison gets up, throws away the pill bottles. Emily comes oh, up. you got to get those to Spencer. Come on, Allie. What are you doing? <laughs> Spencer could use those. So can you, imagine, hold on can you imagine if like you flash back to last week and like they're trying to come up with a plan and Allison's just like, Spencer, take your, you know, Popeye spinach here. And Spencer just <laughs> throws back a couple pills and it's like, I will be a god. <laughs> um. So Emily continues with her her commercial pitch, which is may cause drowsiness, loss of appetite, crazy visions. And in some case, your dead mother might even call you on the telephone. <laughs> you notice Emily has like a leather vest on right now. Yeah. It's such yeah. an Emily look. Yeah. So Allison's like, well, I hate that you had to, had, you had to babysit me, even though that's, of course, what you were going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm really happy that you're here. And Emily's like, me too. Emma said. Yeah, and she smiles. We get to... Cut to a POV shot from outside. Somebody's watching them through the bushes. Uh-oh. Do you feel like next season there has to be a plot point about secret passageways in the De Laurentiis house? Um, maybe? I mean, I I don't think... Well, I don't know. I mean, they have searched that house a lot. But I, I suppose I mean, it could be one. Obviously, there's not a secret passageway in the button jar. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know zombie jessica there she's just like ducking around the corner and hiding like i mean there's some there's some limber ghosts who are making some moves here Mm -hmm. um so meanwhile at the brew it's a party or it will be there's the phillips campaign like election night party setup why are they having it at the brew because the radley was booked i mean they couldn't get into the bradbury is ezra actually like a republican and sponsoring this or something (laughs) well isn't that kind of pretty good ideas (laughs) <laughs> isn't that kind of the theory that's been brewing after Ezra spent three yeah. hours talking politics that night he says things we all want to hear either that or Ezra's a hardcore definition Bernie bro oh he's totally a Bernie bro uh, um, Yvonne says this is totally Yvonne here she's hanging the lights she says are you okay with transport duty tomorrow um, senior turnout's going to be really key for us and Toby's like you know your mom treats me like part of the family so I'm all in for whatever she needs. And Yvonne's like, a simple yes would have sufficed, Toby. Well, she gets off her stool and pets his cheek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, Toby, we feel like you are part of the family. Like our dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Toby's like, Yvonne, so after the polls close tomorrow, there's something that I have to take care of, so I won't be able to make it to this party. She's like, I don't understand. He's like, it's a favor for a friend. And she's like, so it's not something you're taking care of. It's someone. We're going to name you Spencer. And Toby's just making like, oh, shit, faces. Which, like, I feel like this is a little out of nowhere. Like, Yvonne, why are you so defensive? It's not like he's been hanging out with Spencer constantly or something. I I wonder how much he's told her. Because I can understand how sensitive she would be after, like, the, the leak about her past. Yeah, I guess... I, I guess there's the leak thing. I mean, I don't know how we explain that to her anyway. It's just yeah, like, trust me. This is Caleb one of those would cases. never do that. He is a true bro. <laughs> After Toby laid him out. Mm-hmm. But like, this is a moment where I think that the advice is simple, Toby. Lie. <laughs> Seriously. You just... I cannot tell a lie. I am noble Toby. Like, you didn't have to work that night as far as Yvonne is concerned. Yeah. Oh shit, I got a page. I gotta go. A raccoon broke into somebody's trash. <laughs> the chief needs me. 
do pick up coffee for the precinct. Uh, so the Hastings living room, like slash great room, it's the campaign headquarters. It's a frenzy. Everyone's on phones and phones are ringing and calls are going out that the vote happened and rocking the vote and vote or die. And uh, Veronica walks past her talking to someone on the phone and she's like, we haven't received all the numbers yet, but it seems like it's going to be a pretty close race. Yeah. <laughs> um, she, as, as she walks, we see Spencer on the island about to make a phone call. And then some dude. Like, I have some a lot funky. of this guy. I have a lot about this guy. <laughs> talk about common refrains. The words and then in all caps of here's in my notes like a thousand times in this episode. Yeah, some flunky. You notice how there's no gill at all. I mean, I know obviously yeah, why still. would you get this actor back, but it's just kind of funny. Um well, this dude has this look like like I am helpless, you know, this woman has commanded me to like show her in. Here you go. I don't I, know what to do. I feel like He's like, I, I can't let you in. And she just kind of casually waved her hand like, <laughs> your master will be pleased in my presence. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Mona's been Java Novala. <laughs> Walks up to Spencer. She's just as lovely as cute can be. And she's like, Spencer, hi. Well, you gotta, well real quick, we got to talk about Mona's look here. Yeah. I mean, she is dolled up. Like, she's like, are you going out on a date, Mona? Like, other than the blazer, like, you know, businesswoman blazer. Mm. She's wearing this, like, low-cut, like, black dress with like these little yellow like polka dots on it or something clearly for spencer i i i'm sure in my head canon she went through like three or four outfits before she decided on this one mm-hmm. she's she's coming over she's dressed for spencer yeah so she's like spencer hi and spencer says you must be because i can't think of any other reason you'd be crazy enough to show up here it's <laughs> just like takes in a stride of really spencer from one ex rally patient to another, I think you'd be a little more sensitive to that word. So Spencer gets up, gets in Mona's face, just to well, increase the sexual tension. Like to to get to her full height to like intimidate Mona here, you know? Yeah. And she's like totally stone faced. Like Spencer has not realized yet that Mona's in love with her. And like she just thinks she needs to like be mean to her. She's totally oblivious. Well, I mean, like, we I think I kind of touched upon about touching on it in the episode where Caleb close quarters threatens Mona. Mm-hmm. But Janelle Parrish has chemistry with everyone. Yeah, but I feel like there's something I, I you know, who knows whether where they're going with this or not. But so here's my counter. Mona is like tr- like mini Spencer. She she's like following Spencer around. She wants the same career as Spencer. She keeps trying to hang out with Spencer. Well, yeah. So so from the time that they met after the train thing, mid season two, the you're mm-hmm. smart, smart, up until of course the season two finale, without a doubt, there's been something there. But my counter to that argument would be, then go put Mona in a scene of Hannah. You know what I mean? And it's like that, and that becomes the OTP. Yeah, but like I don't think Mona's too into Hannah right now. Hannah's like totally cruel and mean to her. Yeah. I mean, so, granted, so Spencer, is Spencer. <laughs> so is Spencer, but not as cruel, I guess. Like they did have a little moment over Veronica. But but maybe this is what Mona has has come to sadly think of as flirting. That's true. Yeah. This, anyway, this I'm all in on this head cannon. So, uh, oh, did you see Peter's in the background of the scene? I didn't notice that. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Just hanging out, checking the numbers. I'm not making calls. <laughs> Peter Hastings. Um, Bill Clinton here. He's um, like, phone vacant? Are you fucking kidding me? Ask Bernie how that worked out. <laughs> so Spencer's like, what do you want, Mona? And Mona's like, to help. And Spencer's like, help whom? And Mona says, your mother. She's a candidate I'm voting for, and I want her to win. And Spencer says, is that is it that you want my mother to win or you want Phillips to lose? To which I wrote, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Uh, Both? So just, either? <laughs> Mona's like, look, Spencer, I'm not the enemy. I haven't been for a long time. Spencer finally relents, gets Mona a phone, a fucking flip phone, 
in the script on paper and she sits her down it's like all right just stick to the script so mona takes her assignment she's like yes ma'am yes ma'am she gets on the island counter she starts dialing and she's just like good evening hi well spencer's <laughs> watching mona right now as a spider watches a fly basically yeah she's yeah. just like staring like totally like hateful like i'm watching you like a motherfucking hawk right now yeah she's eyeball hate fucking mm-hmm. Um, good evening. Hi, do you have a moment to chat? Because Veronica Hazens is running for election to help people just like you. Don't you just keep staring those daggers? And then Mona looks over, sees that she's watching her, and gives her the most adorable, gifable thumbs up. This is the cutest thumbs up ever. Yeah. Totally shipping it. Finally satisfied, Spencer walks off. And I, I, now I want for Spencer to go and just like fix herself a stiff drink next to Peter. Well, she finally cracks a little smile there, you know? Or really, I want one of them to get down on one knee and like declare fealty to the other. Um, <laughs> So at the brew, uh, Toby and Yvonne are sitting at one of the side tables talking, and Toby's, I guess Toby's wondering what Caleb would say in this situation, because he says it. It's complicated, but I'm the only person that can do this. He can't say that, Toby. (laughs) And she's like, and you can't tell me what it is that Spencer needs? He's like, I I don't want to lie. Yvonne, so please don't ask me again. His hands keep creeping up into the frame. Mm Mm-hmm. She's like, do you hear how that sounds? A month ago, we were having conversations about building a future together. And now you can't even answer a simple question? I know. I'm sorry. She's heard enough. She gets up. She's like, I have to get back to work. He's like, but Yvonne, wait. I. She says, I won't let you turn me into the woman who says, pick me, not her. She's peacing out. I mean, good on Yvonne. Uh-huh. I, I still feel like this is a little out of nowhere. Like, I feel like this is more for the Spoby shippers. You know, it's like. Yvonne's not really being like serviced well here. It's it's really just like we need some tension between the two of them for the Spoby action. Right. Well, I think if you're a Spoby person, this seems normal to you. Mm-hmm. But like from from a Yvonne perspective, this is I mean, first of all, the timing. Yeah. Like, fuck you, Toby. This is kind of a huge time in my family's life. But also like Yvonne has not been like jumped into this gang and their bizarre politics, like like where you're constantly like being told that I'm going to go do something dangerous. I can't tell you what it is. Don't ask <laughs> me. Like, like ad nauseum. Yeah. yeah. Um, so meanwhile, at the Lost Woods Resort, this place is just run down as fuck. Lights are like on a sign or flickering. We see that Caleb's like set up like an electric fence. He's like showing all this stuff to Hannah. They pass by the toolbox. Oh, like, was this what Ezra was for? Like the manual labor? No. Because Caleb wants it done right. Maybe maybe you could like dig the holes for like the posts and whatnot. Maybe Ezra's job was like test it the hard way. (laughs) Well, this (laughs) fence, it's a little electric fence. It's like four feet high. Yeah, I feel like with a good running start, Shower Harvey could dive right over that. What if Sarah did do that and then just did like a crazy like Black Widow triple somersault tumbling? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's pretty tall. uh, Dre Dre Davis is. I mean, she looks like she's like five eight or five nine. I feel like she could just jump right over that. I would like to see that. Can you imagine if she just like did like a weird Super Mario jump over it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So Caleb says, the fence runs along the backside and we'll have a visual in the front. We're ready for them, Hannah. Hey, you hand me the Phillips. It's the one with the, uh, and she's like with the star tip. I know. And he's like, Jesus hey, Christ, Caleb. Like you don't think she knows what a fucking Phillips head screwdriver is? Well, I think, I think that what they're implying here is that this is like an old conversation with them. Yeah. So he's like yeah, tweaking right. his. It just said backside. Yeah, he's like tweaking the electric fence or whatever, and he's like, "So, did you make a decision yet?" She's like, "What do you mean about Lucas's offer between Jordan and me?" 
<laughs> that decision was made a long time ago. Uh, she's like, oh, right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot to think about. It's it's not all about me. Hey, if this fence is always Real electric, quick, real quick, I just want to point out. When she says, it's not all about me, he kind of laughs to himself. Like, just to himself. Yeah. Which I think is totally implied shade that Hannah missed there. As we'll see later in the episode, like, why he's laughing about that. Yeah. But, like, it, he definitely did that. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. And so she's like, hey, this fence is always electric. What are the motion sensors for? And he's like, uh, they'll trigger the lights in the camera. So he gestures upwards and she shines her flashlights on him. And he continues, that way, if Emoji realizes this is a setup, worst case scenario, we'll get a picture of her. Hannah chuckles and he's like, what's so funny? Do I have plumber's crack or something? She, she actually checks. Like, she doesn't ask check. And she's like, no, your crack is covered. It's just that we don't know what, we didn't know what to call this sicko. And I think that you just named it. And he smiles. And I'm like, yeah, you really nailed it there, Caleb. Emoji. Emoji. Good, good job. So I, I feel I, like, I feel like emoji made more sense to me. Sure, personally. sure. I just call it a emoji at least. Um, so I think the plan is that this electric fence is going to funnel a into like one entryway so they can take a picture, I guess is the idea. <laughs> that or they just want to fry the bitch. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they're she definitely doing a good job right now of like giving off like evil vibes from Hannah. Like she's seems shady through this whole episode. She's she's very like her her desires are very singular. She's a little bit cold about it all. Uh, I don't know. Like the the shippers, I feel like they're they're being disserviced even as they're being serviced for this particular relationship to a certain extent. Well, the the Caleb shippers will be crying in their beer when Caleb turns out to be evil. You know, so obviously there's like the armies who are amassing at the uh, the castle of I Marlene King, <laughs> the, the the Ezria army is demanding her head and demanding satisfaction, and then there's like the Caleb and the Spobies. and I just want her to like after this episode exert her power. She comes out on the balcony, and she's like, Caleb army, Ezria army, kill the Spobiites. <laughs> <laughs> Show that you love me. Um, so downstairs in the house. And everyone paints themselves in the blood of the Spobiites. <laughs> oh, wow. This really sucked for me. Um, <laughs> Yvonne, I still have you, right? No? Oh, shit. Uh, so Eleanor's building right a house for himself. <laughs> and Leonardo are over there in Allison's living room. And Ari's on the phone of Hannah. Oh, we see Allison sleeping in her bedroom, by the way. So in the background, Emily's like reading Ari's manuscript as Ari's on the phone. And she's like, I'm just babysitting Allison and family. But if you need anything, hey, Han, thank you for doing this. You're a lot braver than I am. Yeah, I love you too. She hangs up. She goes, back, she goes back to Emily. And Emily, who might be taking some of Allison's pills, is just like, Aria, this book is incredible. Oh, no. Emily's been replaced by an evil twin. Yeah. Why are you so nervous? Liam's going to love it. Um, and well, this manuscript looks like it's like 400 pages easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they wrote that in two weeks. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying well, you can't write a book in two weeks, but a good book? I don't know. Well, in classic PLO style, the last two weeks of this campaign have transpired in like three days, like three <laughs> consecutive days. Um, also, they, they both have huge glasses of red wine. Of course. Uh, so Arya's like, I'm not nervous about Ezra's chapters. They're filled with nothing but the truth. So Arya sits and picks up a giant glass of wine that can only be called giant in comparison to herself. Uh, and Emily comes and sits beside her for her own glass of wine. And she's like, are you afraid that yours aren't as honest? And Arya's like, actually, I think they're a little too honest. <laughs> and Emily's like, you know, are we having two different conversations here? Because Aren't you be always with Arya? Yeah, because that, that would be a good thing, right? And Arya's like, 
I was supposed to write from Nicole's side of the love story, of her love story of Ezra. So at first, I was just pulling from my feelings for Liam. But those weren't the right fit. So I just started remembering all the things I used to love about Ezra. And I was like, yeah, but if you're writing about what you used to feel about Ezra. And I was like, and, and <laughs> I convinced myself that that was true. But Liam still thinks that I'm writing from the heart. So it hurts him to to read those pages. And he's like, I regret asking. <laughs> Emily's face is like, yikes. And so Ari's like, how did this get so complicated? And Emily's like, God Excuse damn it. Caleb owns that word. Owns yeah. it. But Emily says, you're writing a book of a guy you used to be in love with. And it's about his relationship with a dead girlfriend. You thought this was going to be simple? You moron. Yeah. And then she throws the wine in Arya's face. Yeah. It's up. Arya dug deep. She used her old Ezra feels to get into the character. Mm-hmm. Now she's back on the Z train. Yeah. So, so meanwhile, in Allison's room. Yeah. Allie's asleep. And then a, a male hand with a silver watch kind of slides down Allie's arm and clasps her hand. Allie smiles and she rolls over, open her eyes, and she's like, Elliot? And the ghost of Darren Wilden is like, who's Elliot? <laughs> uh, no, Darren fucking Wilden. He's just like lying in bed next to her in a dress shirt like with like blood stains on it. Mm-hmm. And he kind of reaches over and caresses her face. She's like freaking out, you know. Uh, she jumps out of bed. Man, I miss Wilden. Like, I never appreciated Wilden until he was gone. Like, like him and Ian, they mm-hmm. just have this, like, this something. Like, they bring just the right amount of creep. Like, something about their presence. They know how to play it just the right way, you know? I wish that they could bring back that presence, like, consolidated, though. Well, there's something something paternal about both of them. Like, they, they, they really, like, knew how to, like, play up the the patriarchy underneath their performance you know well so it's something like rollins just does not do i guess wilden was perfect because he's the cops and they Mm -hmm. should go to the cops but they can't because he's so evil and weird on top of it for a while there he's in hannah's fucking home in a towel (laughs) making breakfast but then like meanwhile, ordering pizza and shit yeah or offering to give her rides to like high school parties yeah um meanwhile there's ian like just drinking milk and like like not taking half the goddamn sandwich with him, you know. Oh, and acting like he's like on oh, the coach now. I'm, I'm your sister's husband. I'm part of the family. You know? But I, I feel like the conversation about getting back to that phase somehow settled on Rollins, Sally. Because if you're all 23, mm-hmm. how do you duplicate that? Yeah, that is tough. I mean, doctor theoretically, but I don't know. Doctor or you know, evil husband who. Ugh. I just imagine if it was Rand, that would be so different, you know? Uh, it would be different, like, from the get-go of 6-11. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. So, Allie's freaking out. Out in the hall, Emily and Arya rush in to see what the trouble is. Arya flips on the light, and she's like, Allie? And when they find Allie, they, she's huddled up on the ground next to her dresser. She's crying, and Emily's like, oh, my God, Allie. And Arya's like, Allie, what is it? And Allie says, he was just here. He says, Allie, there's nobody in the house but us. And Ari says, hey, it's just another bad dream. And Allie's like, he touched me. I felt it. And Arya says, who, Allie? Who are you talking about? And Allie's like, Wilden. And they both say nothing, but they're both just like, ah, shit, Allie's crazy. <laughs> and Arya looks back at Emily concerned, and Emily's like, I'm going to call Elliot. And then Arya's like, who's Elliot? <laughs> uh, Allie says, what's wrong with me? And Arya's like, I don't even know what's wrong with me. <laughs> um. So one of the touches I like about this, because there's there's a couple subtle, like the Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte illusions. One of them I like is that of that two hour and 15 or so minute, whatever movie, like a good 25 minutes is just Betty Davis screaming hysterically. 
And so it's kind of funny that they have all these opportunities for Sasha Peters to just yell her head off. Ooh, Betty Davis eyes. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, so the next morning, the bedroom part of Spencer's barn. We see Caleb is shirtless in bed, slapped up under a blanket, you know, over his, his junk. So is Spencer's, he just, like, crashing here on the DL? Uh, yeah, and getting some uh, nookie, I think. Uh, Spencer's out of bed. Well, Spencer needed to, uh, like, reclaim her, her position, I think, after, like, oh. yesterday. You know that that bed got a weird workout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's at the foot of the bed. She's using, like, a shaving mirror to put on some makeup. It's probably, like, a makeup mirror. They look similar. But, yeah, she's, like, kneeled down, like, wearing a T-shirt and panties, uh, you know, doing that thing. And Spencer's like, uh, how are you going to know that Sarah's not following you? And he says, I programmed the drone to fly over my car, and I attach a camera to it, so we'll see if anybody's behind us. And she smiles at that and goes back to her makeup. And I thought, is that real? Is that a thing he really did? Like, if you can do that, why haven't you caught A already? Yeah, I'm like, hey, come on. I'm like, no, seriously. Like, am, am I just like a luddite, or is, is that possible? Can can people do that? Are you I, can, do I that. know there, there there are drones, there are cameras on drones programming them to follow a car. I'm not. I mean, I yeah, I don't know about that. Maybe if you programmed it to like follow your location. I mean, or I'm not. I'm not paranoid about people following me, but I would still fucking do it. <laughs> Um, so Caleb finishes whatever he's doing, closes his laptop, slides over the side of the bed to pull his pants on because he's going full commando. He's freeballing it. Yeah. And Spencer, like, watches. Like, she's proud to own that. Mm-hmm. Or got, like, tapped into that last this night. This scene, by the way, all about the panties. Who's wearing it's... them? Who's not wearing them? <laughs> yeah. So he gets up and comes around with the coffee cup and rounds the bed towards He's like, more coffee. And she's like, always. He takes the cup and they kiss. Just being hot as fuck. Um, and it feels weird after the last episode. It feels real weird. Um, it doesn't feel weird yet because it's like, well, maybe that was just Hannah being Hannah. Well, but but, but, later on, it's going to feel real weird that he's doing this. Yeah. But in the, in that episode where Hannah's being Hannah, only that one moment where he pulls his hand away from Mm -hmm. her, does he ever do anything to just kind of physically reassure Spencer? Like Caleb, you're not blind. You're not Jenna. You see Spencer over there, like slamming down that giant glass of wine. You know she's having an issue with this. Yeah, um, well, he's gonna he's gonna strut on into the kitchen holding two coffee cups, mm-hmm. shirtless, barefoot, mm-hmm. uh, big smile on his face. Okay. Hey, no, no, <laughs> I mean, this whole fucking scene. Uh, the lyrics of the song right now are like, uh, "Was it searching for the one that makes me feel alive?" Uh, he's pouring some coffee. He looks over into the bedroom area, and we see Spencer has stood up, and she pulls her shirt off. Mm-hmm. She's kind of facing away from us. She's totally naked underneath, except for some very skimpy panties that I believe are called Tengas. Hmm. Uh, honest question. Are those CGI? CGI panties? They look painted on. Like, when yeah. I saw this scene, I was like, what the fuck? I am just going to wager a guess that Troy did not go completely nude. Yeah, I don't know. Like... <laughs> Is this what we can expect from Freeform now, though? They're, like, just wedging in all this, like, almost nudity? Young flesh! Mm-hmm. Did Spencer pack a whole suitcase full of, like, sexy undergarments? You know, I've never seen an episode of The Fosters, but from what I understand of what the show is about, I feel like it would be weird if suddenly characters in that show were doing this, too. <laughs> well, I mean, these are, like, some, like, crazy, like, super skin-tight, like, thongs, basically, that she's wearing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, it's just as far away from a, a thong. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's got, like, a blue dress that she's stepping into right now. We get this really hilarious shot of Caleb, like, watching her, and he has this, like, 
lecherous like grin like he's into it you know he's like yeah dead ass and uh she zips herself up and he's he's like he's not he forgets about his coffee like he's like so distracted by like spencer Mm -hmm. and he walks over he's like can you even wear underwear with a dress like that tight and she turns around smiles it's uh i mean it's a blue and black dress it's not like like immodest or anything i mean it's a pretty classy looking dress i guess it's just tight uh, what makes the dress so look so good is the person wearing it. Yeah, and Spencer's like, "Do you disapprove?" And he's walking over. He's like, "No, not at all." But I know that you're gonna be climbing down a rope ladder with Toby tonight, and I'm assuming he's gonna be going first. <laughs> they both laugh at this. I can't believe this is a real conversation that's happening with people mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> Thank you, Marlene. Mm-hmm. And she says. That's why I gave him a bag of clothes yesterday. They're going to be waiting for me in Sarah's old room. He's like, hmm, gotcha. And she says, I'm glad that you care enough to be concerned about my panties. And he says, well, I'm concerned about a lot more than your panties. <laughs> we need the outtakes from this scene. I mean, mm-hmm. Can you just imagine? Mm-hmm. Like, how many takes did, it, did they have to go through? I feel like there's probably like a much dirtier take than all those two. Probably uh, there. I mean, there are probably a lot of takes that I'm just cracking up. I mean, how can you say the line "I'm concerned about a lot more than your panties" without breaking? Yeah, I just want to. It's not even the scene itself. It's like the table read. I want to be present mm. for that because that had yeah. to be interesting. Uh, so he's about to kiss her when there's a knock on the door, and they look over through like the curled curtain on the door. You can see that Peter Hastings is out there, and he's like, "Hey, Spence, I need to talk to you." <laughs> And Kayla starts like pulling on his shirt and Spencer stalls and she's like, um, okay, dad, I'll be up at the house in five. We see Peter outside. He's like, oh, come on. It's a scene in there. Could use a moment alone with my daughter. Peter just like wants to get away from the campaign and like drink some scotch right now or something. He's like, I'm just looking to bro out. Come on. <laughs> hey, Spence, you got the PS4 in there? What do you, what do you say? We, like old times. We get a shovel. We hit him over the head of it. We bury him alive. Come on, Spence Hastings. <laughs> um, so meanwhile. Caleb pulls on his shirt. He doesn't even button the shirt. He just grabs a bag. And of she's course like, I didn't. She's like, well, okay, well, I'm not dressed. And Caleb's like, all right, whatever you do, just be safe, okay? And she's like, okay. He's like, stay in touch with me. And she's like, yeah. They share some, like, sexy smooches. And then, like, Caleb heads to the other door. Spencer stops him, and she's just like, Caleb? Yeah. She says, I love you. And he says, and now I'm late. No. Um, well, kinda... she says, I love you. She has this totally, like, open, like, tender look on her face. It's so hopeful. Mm. you know it, it's vulnerable it's like hey i just said the words mm. and he just kind of like shakes his head smiling like he doesn't know how to react i i think yeah there's a little bit of that i don't think it's like the shock i don't think that that the immediate is like no i'm not going to return this or i don't return this or whatever i think he's kind of laughing at the timing a little bit whatever it, he's giving her she seems confident enough you know well she yeah seems she, pleased she's just like She's like, go, I'll call you later. He's like, okay. Like, I, I don't see this as her leaving him hanging. I mean, I you can read it that way, certainly. Um, I feel like it's like he, like, he's so blown away by what she just said that he doesn't, like, he hasn't even processed yet. Right. And she's like, like, hey, I'm not going to, like, hold it against you here. Like, we'll talk later type of thing is how I feel like she played that. Yeah. And, and, and she's not, I don't think she's saying it for the reassurance. Oh, well, there is an alternate reading here. And the alternate reading is this. Spencer's been feeling him slip away Mm. in the past episode. She just dropped the L-bomb and uh, nothing happened. Mm. So she's just trying to play it cool now. That that could be where we're going with this, too. 
And then Peter walks in with the two glasses and the bottle of scotch, and he's just like, oh, my God. What <laughs> happened in here last night? Um, so Allison's house. Allison's on the phone with Dr. Rollins. And uh, on the phone, he's just like, I can't believe Emily left you alone. Um, and she's like, she won't be long. She just went to vote. And he's like, if you have another Can I interrupt this boring conversation to get back to Peter for a second? Please. Like, Peter walks in. He sniffs. And he's just like, Jesus Christ. Is he rich? And Spencer's like, his parents are. He's like, okay. And then, and then he pours. Mm-hmm. And hands her, like, three fingers of scotch. Um, so, yeah, Elliot. Elliot. Ron says, if you have another dream, just tell yourself it's your mind playing tricks on you. Wait, can I just point out where he's just like, I can't believe Emily left you alone. It's like, oh, fuck off. You went to fucking Chicago, you asshole. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Allison, this is all about misplaced guilt. And she's like, Elliot, I'm not going to sleep until you come home. So you don't need to worry about me. And he says, I'll call you on my way to the airport. And she says, see you tonight. He says, bye, love. At this point, dogs know that Rollins is evil. Like, dogs yeah. watching the show are like, that guy's up to something. Well, she hangs up. And it, it's here where you have to think, you know that he's up to something because you never even for the moment see his side of the conversation. They don't even <laughs> pretend to do the, the yeah, face yeah. chat. Uh, so she gets up. She seems a little, like, either worried and or disappointed. She gets up, walks over, and looks at that framed picture of Charlotte looking radiant and gorgeous again. And then... <laughs> looks outside and there's fucking zombie Jessica D mama outside the window looking at her and Allison gas. And then I'm she's pointing like pointing at her. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, you're not real. None of this is real. And then she realizes that zombie mama Jessica D is not pointing at her, but pointing past her. So Allison flips around to see detective Darren Wilden again. She looks back. Zombie mama Jessica D is gone. She looks back. Wilden is there. He's got like the bullet holes and blood in his torso and his shirt. Well, the blood is like like leaking. It's actually like the the it's expanding the the yeah. blood stains. It's pretty creepy. And she's just like, "Please go away! I'm begging you. It wasn't my fault." And she's like freaking out, backing away. And scene. So what does that mean? It wasn't my fault. Well, it blew my mind because it's like, as far as we know, Cece's the one who shot Wilden. Well, we know that Charlotte discovered that Allie was arrived. The same night Wilden died. Yeah. Did they meet up that night? Like, did did Allie maybe imply she's worried about Wilden or something? I mean, I I am curious. Like, why why would she need to point out it wasn't my fault to Wilden? Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe she feels guilty for Charlotte killing Wilden. Mm-hmm. It was on her behalf. Yeah, I could see that. So at the brew, the Phillips campaign headquarters thing there, Yvonne's talking to someone and she's just like, sir, if you can please just give her another call and to, to get back to me, that, that, that'd that be great. Thank you. So Yvonne's like phone's ringing. She sees who it is, considers it, ignores the call. We cut to outside Rosewood High, which is a voting location, and chilling outside there is Toblerone leaving Yvonne a message. It's got a volunteer, a little name tag on it. He says polling place volunteer, which I'm not sure is accurate if you're the one driving people to get votes for campaigns. Yeah, who knows? Anyway. Um, yeah, Toby says, Yvonne, and he's leaving a voicemail. I'm going to make this up to you. I promise. I love you. And he hangs up. Uh, some old bag nearby is just like, oh, thank you, pretty eyes, as he helps her into uh, the van yes. here. I'm Marlene King's mom. Okay. <laughs> Walks up. And he helps her into there. Which is funny because for a moment there, the callback to the pretty eyes thing, back when Toby was evil in seasons two and three, I was just like, oh shit, it's Toby, the, uh, uh, is is blind Toby of glasses? Is he like the twin? Well, I think there's a lot of that where they're just Marlon King's throwing out little like, oh wait, 
should I be suspecting this person now? You know, there's a lot of that in this episode. But also... Keeping you on your toes. If you want to, I think you can kind of blame Imar Linking's sister for Charles, like, almost drowning Allison in the scalding hot water, like, mm. all those years ago, because she stopped to talk to Jessica D outside. I don't know. Um, so anyways, after she's back in the van, like, Toby just sighs and looks sad. He just makes some Toby faces. I mean, is this the abbreviated end of Yvonne and Toby? Or are we just going to, like, find out in 701 that they broke up off screen or something? Yeah, I wonder. The ship no one cared to get mad about. Yeah, the Phillips yeah. family, like, moved out of town. Uh, so Ezra's apartment. Ari lets herself in with a tray of coffee cups. <laughs> this outfit. This outfit. Arya is wearing some high-waisted, super, super, super short shorts. Like, mm-hmm. like they're like jean shorts, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they're like really high, high shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, showing off her legs. She's got like a pink lace top on that's like very see-through. And and it has like, like looks like paper mache hearts just layered upon her. Yeah, and uh, she's also wearing like like neon pink heels, like these weird like jelly heels that, yeah. It's like if I feel like this outfit has intentions behind it, like it, subconscious or not. She's just like, oh, I'm just going to wear this over to see Ezra. I feel like uh, it's if like Daisy Duke took a trip to like Miami, hmm. you know. Um, yeah. So, of course, I love this outfit. Um, and she's just like, knock, knock. Ezra. Just then Ezra comes rushing down the stairs talking on the phone. And he's like, oh, yes, actually, Jillian, Arya just walked in. Um, would you like to chat for her, too? Oh, no, that's fine. I totally understand. Yes, I will pass on the message. Okay. And Arya's just, like, eagerly waiting this news when he hangs up. And then she's just, like, immediately upset because she assumes that she knows what that phone call was about. And Arya's like, that <laughs> well, is Well, he's, so... like, grinning hard right now, yeah. Yeah, she's like, that is, yeah, Ezra's definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to finish that pun. All right. Uh, <laughs> Arya's like, that is so Jillian. I know she can't tell anyone bad news to their face, which means she loved your chapters and she hated mine. Of course. She goes like the bag <laughs> she brought. And he's like getting into the muffins. To do like some. Well, egg- she, she does like her classic like spin away, like hands out to the side, like can't even. You know? Yeah. And she's like, I, I, I should know she would never give me a fair shot. And Ezra's like, no, Arya, she just stepped into a meeting. And Arya's like, do you know how many times I've told that exact lie for her? And Ezra's like, Arya, she loved the entire book. But she doesn't hear him because she's going the full level three. And she's like, no, seriously, who died at a point and heard the expert in literature? Let's remember, this is the same woman who published This Snail's Life. It's like the worst book. Like, <laughs> what did you say? And she's like, turns back to him. Like, well, I love like like her brain catching up with her. Like angry motor mouth Aria is like so hilarious. She's like jabbing her finger. Like she's just going off the rails. I'm now very curious about This Snail's Life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ezra's just so pleased. He's just like, she loved my chapters and yours. And Aria's like, wait. Jillian actually said love, not like, because she never uses love. She thinks it's a highly overused word. So do I. Whoa. <laughs> oh, and Ezra says, Jillian's punishing, uh, uh, Punish. or, I'm sorry. <laughs> There's a Freudian, Freudian. slip. <laughs> uh, Jillian's pushing out the release date to Christmas. She's taking a, she's talking a book door, a TV rights, a prequel. Hold up. A fucking prequel? Like Ezra when he was like Watto's slave on Tatooine, he's got like a little Jedi rat tail. Do you believe in angels? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then and Nicole's like, Ezra, you're breaking my heart. Where are you? She's like, 
she's finally allowing herself to accept that this might be real. She gets this really funny, like, serious look on her face. And she's like, you're being 100% serious right now? And I was just like, Arya, they're going to market the hell out of this book. It's going to be huge. Which just tells me that Nicole is 100% alive and, like, living in a hotel on Jillian's dime right now. Uh, or that, or she's going to come back, right, as mm-hmm. Ezra's, like, cashing in, and she's going to sue the fuck out of him. Can she? I don't what know. What would she sue for? Like, emotional know. distress? I don't know. Having to date him? Uh, and Arya's just like, oh, my God, we did it. Ezra, we really did it in, like, a week. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we did. And she's so overcome, she just kisses him. I mean, we all knew that was coming. Yeah, and he's like, whoa, and she's like, whoa. And the music kicks in, and they're like, they're into this. So they uh, like, yeah, this is happening. They go at it. Uh, Ezria, it's happening. Yeah, he sets her up on the counter as they kiss, and they end up in bed. Well, this is like one of Arya's moves here. He ha- like the the like up on the counter, mm-hmm. wrapping the legs around. We know mm-hmm. she likes that from mm-hmm. Violet. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, so then they end up in bed, like bumping and grinding. Ezra's on top. We get <laughs> the to see extended that, sex montage. That one leg of Arya, like wrapped around him as they're making the whoopee. Uh, and then Arya oh. moves so that she's on top of him. That's her finishing move. That's the the Black Widow move from mm-hmm. uh, uh, is it the one hundredth episode? I think. Yeah, yeah. When she gets the bat wings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so there's a nice moment there at one point when she stops to like push some hair back behind her ear, and then she smiles before like kissing him again and like. I mean, this is pretty racy for like a no nudity show. They show about as much as they can. You know. <laughs> I would not be shocked if there was, just to be safe, some nipple tape in this scene. Well, so. no, I don't know if you remember, there was like an Instagram video that Lucy Hale did with Ian Harding where he had like these weird things on his eyes and she's like, Ian, what are you wearing? And he's like, oh, your nipple covers. And they both yeah. start laughing. I mean, I think that's probably from this scene. Yeah. Um, so Arya's cheating. What? Do, how do we feel about that? I mean, poor Liam and all. Can't say we didn't see it coming, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> like, sorry, Liam. Pretty sure Liam saw it coming, too. Yeah. Does Liam, like, do we ever see him again? Does she I, break up with him off screen? I wonder. Because, I mean, you know, 701 could very well feature a lot of jilted exes. It, you know, we haven't mentioned on the podcast yet. The guy who plays Liam is, like, Emma Watson's, like, BFF, maybe boyfriend. Mm-hmm. If they could somehow like swing Emma Watson on this show, I mean, just imagine. Yeah, Emma Watson to me is like if you were to merge Sparia into one human being and then make her British. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she could be like uh, uh, Ren's like cool new girlfriend, That's Ren's little sister, Rebecca or his sister, or both. <laughs> yeah, and she uh, has like a name like like Kitty. Mm-hmm. Kitty Kingston. Yeah. So if Ari is cheating, what's her tulpa up to? Oh, we cut to uh, dilapidated. Oh. Sorry, guys. <laughs> we, we contrast all that sexy sexiness with the Lost Woods Resort. Hannah and Caleb entering a room at the Lost Woods Resort. Uh, he's got like a bag. The place is all dilapidated. There's like vines like growing in through the windows. There's like leaves on the ground. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a, a haunted, decrepit shithole. But not that bad, I guess. You know, it's, a, it's high contrast from the sunny, warm Ezria fuckathon. They bring their own warmth. Yeah, Hannah says it looks like creepy Harold just walked away and never looked back. But but even the most devout Halebite would be like, I want this scene. Please God, don't make Nookie here. I think that's 
I don't think anyone, any Halo fan is going to complain about that. You just take off the top cover of the bed. All the leaves go with it. You're good to go. Hmm. No one's got a black light. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you're, just, you're just fucking right up in filth. Yeah. Caleb's Caleb. just like, kind of reminds me of a hostel I stayed at in Budapest. Felt like one of Miss Peregrine's Peregrine's. Per- Miss Perrigan's peculiar children. I can't, you know, I have like cold right now, so if my voices are off, apologies. Oh uh, yeah, Caleb's dry sense of humor, <laughs> just in time for the Tim Burton movie adaptation of the beloved book. Uh, <laughs> Hannah seems to find this note interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, he goes off the window like undo his bag. It started. Hannah keeps watching him. We can hear the thunder rolling as a flashback approaches. It's a rainy New York night, their apartment, Hannah and Caleb are having a fight. And she's just like, look, I only miss Prague. I'll fly straight from Tokyo to Budapest. And he's he's like, pissed. You said you want to talk about this and you already made up your mind. She's like, if I don't go, I'll lose my job. Do you know how many times I've heard that? You said that on your birthday on, or on my birthday, on your birthday, even on New Year's Eve. Hannah, your life is on a loop and I'm barely a part of it. What do you want me to do? I want you to say no to your boss and come with me to Europe like we've been planning for the last three months. I can't do that. All right. I'm sorry. I mean, three months planning, that's that's pretty bad to flake on that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so she tries to come closer. He turns away. He's, like, going to deny her. Mm-hmm. So after a moment, she just goes over to the door where her luggage is. Stops her. He's like, if you go, I'm not going to be here when you get back. What do you mean? I'm leaving today. I can't keep doing this. And she looks at him, looks at the door, and <sighs> we'll work it out like we always do. I'll call you from the cab. And she just pieces out. It's kind of cold. Yeah. I think this is one straw too many for Caleb here, you know? Well, I also wonder, did she not take it as seriously as he was making it? Seemingly? Yeah. I mean, he he dropped the ultimatum. And she's like, whatever, I'll call you. You know, we always work it out. (laughs) You're an adorable cyber wolf who's so homeless that you used to live in my basement. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so back in the, the here and now in the Lost Resort, there's like a thudding. It's like Caleb's like hammering away. Well, he's like nailing the window shut, I think is what he's doing. Yeah. And so uh, he sees her having like a hardcore Hannah face moment. He's like, you OK? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. He's like, Hannah, you're going to be safe in here. I promise. She smiles, a little relieved, but knowing that she's not safe from the pangs of her own heart. Uh, more thudding is hammers like or Caleb's like still nailing away. Um we cut to Allison's living room. Emily's yeah, there. Cut to another ship. Yeah. Looking it's around. It's not really us. happening. Poor Emily, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just like, Allie? She hears the phone ringing. She goes over and sees that Allison's cell phone's on the coffee table. So she picks it up. Sees that Rollins wants the video chat. So, of course, she answers it. And she's like, hello. And Rollins is like giving her like the fucking stink eye. And he's just like, <laughs> Emily? What are you? Where's Allison? And she's like, I don't know. There's a and weird like, we emotional yeah. beat from her. Like I don't, I don't feel like. Well, she's that, looking for Allie, you know. Like, where the fuck did Allie go? I feel go? like in that that take, she didn't seem like that concerned. I, I was like, it was more like just like I don't know. Hmm. Why are you calling? Um, yeah. So after the commercial, well, smooth move, leaving your phone, Allie. What the fuck? She's like, hey, Doctor Rollins, can you help me figure something out? Who's Elliot? <laughs> so after the commercial, we're back in the rally lobby bar. It's Hastings campaign headquarters party, so it's probably night now. Uh, we see on the TV that that right now it's a dead tie between Veronica and uh, Christine Phillips, her opponent, each having 49% of the vote. Uh, 80% of the polls reporting. Yeah, so she's on the phone of her sister, and she's like, Melissa, it's still the, I will let you know. I will let her know. 
okay bye and she hangs up goes over bye melissa yeah come back she's like that was melissa she's sending her love for the 10th time this hour and veronica's like i swear she's more nervous than i am and there's peter with the champagne for the three of them let me intercut for a sec um does that mean anything that melissa is so concerned about the goings-on I mean, because there was that whole thing with A in the the Hastings campaign video. It was like, ooh, maybe he's gonna A's gonna do something. Like, is what that I, why that, Melissa's calling in, or is this just like, hey, Melissa, she exists? You know? I was taking it as more, yes, Melissa exists. She's not mm-hmm. gonna ignore her family, but also she probably feels guilty because she can't be there hmm. because somebody's blackmailing her or what have you. Um, so yeah, there's Peter at the champagne for three, and he's like, there you go, and he's proposing a toast to his wife. He's like. I would just like to say, win or lose, you ran a smart, passionate campaign, and I couldn't be prouder of you. And she's like, oh. he's like, or you, Spence, you really stepped up when your mom needed you by kicking your cyberwolf boyfriend out of the guest house. That's like all Spencer ever wanted to hear from her parents. Well, then, then Veronica tells him, like, it's been a rough week for all of us. I know we've all made sacrifices, and I appreciate how hard you work, or how you hard you both work to get us here. Thank you. And Peter's like, cheers. Spencer's cheers. Again, sacrifices. All she did was just kick Caleb out. Hastings Power Family. Yeah, they all clink. Cheers. Spencer says, cheers to power. <laughs> and they're all drinking deep. And then Spencer's phone rings. And she's like, oh, I'll be right back. So she ducks away to answer. And she's like, hey, did you find Allison? And we cut to Emily in Allie's house. And she says, no. And I searched your whole neighborhood. Uh, she says, Spence, can you help me look for her? What's going to be like, seriously? <laughs> Spencer's like, Emily, Toby's upstairs in the hotel room. Hannah and Caleb are at the Lost Woods. I mean, the plan is in motion. I can't leave. Emily's like, I know. I have a bad feeling about this because she's Han Solo. So, yeah. what was Emily's part of the plan? Watch Allie, I guess. I don't know. I mean, this is before Allison was going nuts. She wasn't even in town. I mean, it, it may have been that like she just got derailed like babysitting Allie. She was going to be helping out Caleb or something. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so Spencer says she's scared and uh, she thinks that she's seen dead people. So where would you go if you wanted to feel safe? She said it like it's totally normal. And then we cut to the Rosewood Church. Mm-hmm. See Allie walking up to it like she's in a daze or something. Because, yeah, the place that your sister died, that's the place where you almost killed Ian. That's a safe space, right? Mm-hmm. Go to the church. I mean, it's it's kind of funny that it's not Ian who's appearing to her ian would really work well i can only assume it's wilden because they're going somewhere with that plot line yeah because ali feeling guilt about ian would definitely work yeah uh, i mean but like I what's think, ryan merriman doing seriously but i i think it's it's a serious case of like charlotte's a lot of charlotte's stories left untold um mm-hmm. so cut to the last well one. you know i i tweeted about this but seriously like remember when uh aria like talked to duncan and he was like ali like only felt safe when she was up here in this plane and it's like, oh, where would Allie feel safe? Oh, like the church that's like the fucking terrifying like murder capital of Rosewood. Yeah, go there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so back at the Lost Woods Resort, Arya's like looking out the window from inside the room because she's there now wearing a black leather jacket. And Arya comes over to Hannah who's like sitting on the bed. And Hannah will not move from the spot for like, like two hours, <laughs> it seems like. And she's just like, do you need anything? And Hannah's like, a whiskey and diet would be nice. And Arya shrugs and is like, I brought some water. And then... Ezra walks into the room like he's the hardest working guy in this plan. And he's like, okay, I'm going to run a, te- a test on the strobe lights. Uh, Arya, can you give me a hand? And she's like, yeah, sure. Two he's of them just leave. so essential to that plan. Well, I feel like, are they about to have like a forbidden middle of the dark woods at night quickie? Ew, gross. 
But I can go in the book. Uh, so just you Caleb... get poison ivy, are you? <laughs> just Caleb and, and Hannah now. And Caleb's over by the window, like, so look, working on whatever. And he's like, you're really brave. You know that. She's like, someone had to be the bait. And there's like a sexy guitar riff for the song. It's like winding up on the soundtrack. And he's like, didn't have to be you. She said, well, you said I had nothing to worry about. You don't. I, you know, I feel like that line is the only line I like from Hannah this entire episode. You said, she's like, you said I had nothing to worry about. <laughs> like. Yeah. Like she's so withdrawn and passive aggressive, like the rest of the the whole episode, you know. Yeah, he's like, "There's no way Sarah Harvey's gonna get in here tonight," and she's like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "Have I ever let you down before?" She's like, "No." <laughs> and then but, Benji's like, "Yes, uh, you left her for a dead girl. You spied on her for Jenna." Yeah. Uh, no, but I've let you down. What do you mean? And she's like, "The night of our big fight. <sighs> the night we broke up." Well, some non-Tyler J. Blackburn music's like kicking in right now. Yeah. What a what how great would have been if like one of his songs or even mm-hmm. find a way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, You made a difficult choice. And she's like, You chose wrong. There's something you don't know. And we uh you know, you hear the line of the song repeating like, Ooh, I lose my way. Losing my way, yeah. Uh so flashback to the sexy, gorgeous New York traffic at night. We're inside Hannah's taxi. Well, it's raining, it's night, it's pouring. There's yeah. some like Beautiful stock footage before we cut into like the back of this cab. Is that stock footage? It's, yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, it's Radio City. Um, so they're looking around. And they do a good job matching the other footage to it, I guess. Oh, yeah, definitely. She's in the backside looking around at everything, like looking super anxious. I mean, her eyes are just like darting everywhere. So finally, she gets out her phone. She calls Caleb's cell. We hear Caleb on the answer scene. You've reached Caleb. Leave me a message. Ha <laughs> ha. Beep. Um, and then the hand like hangs up. Uh, and like half a second later, she says to the cabbie, I have to get out of here. And the guy playing the taxi driver acts like he doesn't even hear her. <laughs> or this is just, I don't know, this is like normal NYC cabs. I think that's how it works according to the movies. You just like get out of the cab and maybe not even pay, you know. Or you you have to pay by like wadding up your bill into a ball and throwing <laughs> it right your head. Yeah. So she, I think she gives him cash. She gets her shit. She gets out. Then we see Hannah like running down the middle of the sidewalk, like running past Tony's fine Italian cuisine. She's frantic. It's a beautiful like shot of her. She's drenched. She's desperate. I mean, this is some serious rom-com, you know, that they're pulling out right now. Like this is your classic romantic comedy. Well, yeah, she Oh thinks, no, I've made a huge mistake. Must run back to my lover. She's, she's about to jump into the end of when Harry met Sally here. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the, their apartment, she comes rushing in soaking wet. She's like, Caleb, I am so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. And then she, Happens to glance back behind her, and we see that Caleb's side of the closet is completely empty. Empty hangers, which I love that imagery. Um, have you ever seen the album cover to the Troubled Time single by uh, Fountains of Wayne? Mm. It's uh, my favorite album cover because it's just a closet with a few empty hangers in it mm. and nothing else. And it's like, what a perfect metaphor for, you know, troubled times. And th- this is what's happened here. Caleb's gone. and shit is gone? Well, and, and by showing the overabundance of her stuff. Mm-hmm. and the utter void of his stuff it's yeah whoever came with this imagery like this is so much better than like what would have been on another show but like an overwritten dialogue scene or like a dear john letter or something yeah. or a dear hannah letter well, or, you know. so speaking of dear john letters even <laughs> better he's gone taking all of his shit so she whips out her phone to call him and we instantly hear his cell phone vibrating and she looks over and there it is just sitting on the table nearby oh shit and they have and, like a super old photo of caleb with long hair it's like the contact yeah yeah the, the old hell photo. but it's like he's not even just gone he's like here's my fucking phone i don't even want well, that. when caleb breaks up with you he's like george clooney and michael clayton he's just like throwing his wallet his phone yeah. his keys like into a fire and just ghosting off the grid 
Like, he's out of there. Which, you know, now when you put all the pieces together, it makes the way that he just ran into Spencer in in Europe so much more interesting to me. Like, to me, it's not even about, like, Spalov at the, at the sacrifice of him. Well, he had some energy in that scene, but she pulled, she backed off, I feel like. She did, but it, it, I mean, he, like, he put it out there and she kind of ultimately it was like, no, I'm not going to do that to Hannah. But I, 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 I love the description of when they first saw each other, mm-hmm. because that's what makes it an interesting story for me is, is he was clearly lost, didn't plan on running to anyone. It was probably just take, trying to take vacation from himself. Yeah. Who should show up on the other side of the world but fucking Spencer Hastings? Mm-hmm. That's what makes their, their romance interesting to me. I feel like, in a movie, like, that would be the start of a different movie, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. So, Lost Woods Resort continued. We Also, yeah, so Hannah's crying in that flashback. It's over in flashback, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hear a little of Hannah's voice coming over back into this, and she's just like, if I had just come back a few minutes earlier or never left, things might have been so different now. And we see Caleb's, like, sitting beside her in the bed. He's a little emotional, too, and he's like, yeah. They might be. And then she well, then, says, well, then it's like, uh oh, the song just went to the bridge right now. Just went yeah. into that major chord. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I never stopped loving you. Don't do it, Caleb. He looks stunned. So you think they're going to kiss for a second. Then she looks away at one point crying. And he kind of like leans closer, turning her to face him, wipes a tear away from, tear no. from her tongue. And then he kisses her. Caleb, you son of a bitch. How could you do this to Spencer? Yeah. You too, Hannah. What the fuck? They make like, out for like 10 seconds. You always knew that Spencer was the one who was going to get hurt. I know. But I feel like this season, Caleb has a type. And that type is women are, who are vulnerable from putting themselves out there. I don't know about that. I feel like Spencer does not project an air of vulnerability. She projects an when, air of like confidence. When they got together in that ring of fire, she was and... just like... Here's That's the different from what Hannah's putting out right now, though. But I'm just saying, like, Caleb, like, he doesn't make the first move, it seems like. Um, well, he really waits till, like, the writing's on the wall, I guess you could say. Yeah, so so the lyric is like, ooh, ooh I find my way, ooh, I find my way, which I didn't <laughs> even realize. Find a way. <laughs> yeah, and then, ooh, ooh, I'm coming home. And then the greatest cock block of all time, Ezra comes in. He's like, well, that's it. I think we're ready. And I love the blocking ears. Caleb and Hannah pull away from each other lightning fast. Caleb's on the other side of the room. Like he ran over there. Hannah just kind of like does that thing where she just kind of leads forward, and, like puts like her, mm-hmm. her head on one hand, like just kind of processing what happened, hiding her face. And I think we can assume that Ezra and Arya like did not notice anything. Like Ezra like said it as he was entering, didn't see anything, you know. Or there's another read there. I hope you feel guilty, Hannah. I, or there's another read there, which is when he says, I think we're ready. Mm. As we're saying, you know, half is better than nothing when it comes to recreating that Christmas orgy from five years ago. <laughs> Zip. <laughs> let's let's do it here in this dilapidated shithole. This, like, there could not be a more Scooby-Doo setting for this orgy. <laughs> this this forgy. Um, so down beneath the rally in the old spooky rally center. Also, can I can I minorly rant about this Halo bullshit right now? Please do. I think the Spencer and Caleb romance is great. The Hannah not realizing she's happy with the new guy finding her way back to Caleb. That is also great. Doing both those stories at the same time is bullshit. Yeah. Like betraying Spencer like that, like both Hannah and Caleb. Like, what the fuck? This is going to break her poor heart. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I don't care for them fucking up the liar bond like this. Well, and there's a part of you that I think watches this and you're thinking to yourself, oh, yeah, without a doubt, now Spoby will get back together. Oh, and it, ew, no, like, no, nobody wants that. No, Spobie nobody. People? Why? Yeah. Well, and now it's like Caleb seems like a scumbag. Hannah seems like a really bad friend. I mean, say what you will about Spencer. She asked for permission. And then Hannah's like, yeah, it's okay. P.S. I'm going to steal them back. You know, like this is like this makes them seem like really horrible people, which granted, they're not ever great people on the show anyway. And, you know, we've talked about that in the past, mm-hmm. but still, like, I don't like them disrupting the liars like this. Like, I don't know how Spencer and Hannah continue to be friends unless they find out Caleb is evil and then bond over that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh This is like the sad thing is on the podcast for you Spoby people who are probably sick and tired of me constantly <laughs> referencing the time that Toby put Spencer in a mental asylum or just like ghosted on her. Like, I don't think I'll ever stop bringing this up. Yeah, it can't be forgotten. Uh, essence of shittiest boyfriend. Um, is this what you wanted? Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a disservice to the the Halo people while it's at the same time servicing them because this is not how you want this to go down. And so, I mean, I don't know. It gives you options though. Like 701, they could be going full ship or full speed forward on like some kind of like secret Halo reunion and then breaking it to Spencer. Or they could just be like, yeah, Hannah, that was a huge fucking mistake. Well, if Caleb wants to maintain his, any sort of status as a decent guy, he either needs to immediately say to Hannah, that was wrong. That I shouldn't have done that. Or he needs to immediately go to Spencer and just be like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like, he can't keep them both, like, stringing along like that, you know? Well, and, and think about it this way, too. Because people were like, well, blah, 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 Spencer, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, every time Spencer did something like this, it was never more than, you know, admittedly, a single kiss. But it was always like, Toby's icing her out. Spencer's in London. She kisses this this possible. Well, no, but here, here's the difference about all that, though. Like, the liars are not perfect human beings. We've, right. we've talked about that before. It's that they're doing it to each other right now that makes yeah. this, like, really uncomfortable, you know? Like, but, but my argument would still be, like, this is the kind of, like, where you would go when you're when you're being treated badly by the person you're trusting in this, with your heart in this way. But like, when Arya kisses too. Wes, it's because Ezra's, like, completely ignoring her, mm-hmm. you know? It's not like they are just that level of bad where they're just constantly <laughs> cheating on people. Um, and, then, and then at the same time, too, you know, take guys like Liam. We don't give a fuck about guys like Liam. They don't I, don't know, I feel a little bad for Liam. Eh. I Liam just, didn't know what he was getting into. That's true. That's true. But uh, I think the best part about Ezria sex is that because they're vampires. <laughs> they're day walking vampires. They, they fly up to the ceiling. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> on the other side of the coin down beneath the rally in the old spooky rally to sanitarium corridors so she's like wearing a sweater and jeans now she's like carrying a lantern and she leads the way they like round the corner to one hallway she starts counting paces you know okay one two three four five six seven eight i like the the electric lantern it's very gothic in a way you know yeah i mean i love this setting when team Spari went down here the first time Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that they kind of went back into this. Uh, I mean, this this setting works just as well for me as like the the callback to the Lost Woods Resort setting. You know, mm, all of yeah. those like it's where Hitchcock meets the Nancy Drew or whatever. 
Um, so she stops. She refers to the one wall, and she's like, "All right, the door. It's right behind here." So Toby starts like like pounding and feeling up on the wall, learning its secrets. Well, figuring out like where it's hollow. Yeah, which seems to be about halfway down. Yeah. And he's like, "I can hammer through the drywall, but I'm gonna need to saw through some plywood." She's like, "I can do it." You remember how to use a power saw? She's like, I "Boner." Had I had a good teacher. I had a good teacher. Ugh, what the fuck? No, no. And then she says, Spencer deserves better than fucking Toby. And then she says, the teacher was Caleb, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag nine iron. Uh, what do we do to deserve this? Come on. Don't make Spoby happen. Spencer doesn't want to live in a house in Rosewood. No. So yeah, she has that saw. She's going to saw through some shit, including our hearts. Yeah. Gail Weathers and Dewey here. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the hotel room with the Lost Wizards. Yeah, we all know how Gail Weathers and Dewey worked out. Yeah. Arnie Ezra is like standing there confronting Hannah, and uh, Arnie's like, Hannah, are you sure you want to do this? Because like, one more person needed to ask Hannah, are you really totally sure you want to do this? Well, I was like, why is Hannah not moving from this spot on the bed? <laughs> Did she like, <laughs> she's like, you're the she's fifth person to ask me that in this episode. So she yes, I like, poop my pants, I don't want to move. <laughs> yeah, she's, she, do you have one of Toby's bags? <laughs> Ezra's like, actually, they're my bags now. Here you go. Uh, she's like, yeah, I am. So Caleb's like checking some shit. Well, up. she's ready now that she stole Caleb back. Yeah. She's a bad friend. She's got her power back. Yeah. Uh, Caleb's like, okay, no one followed you guys here. We're good to go. And Ezra turns to Caleb and he's like, are you ready? Uh, or he turns to Hannah, sorry. And uh, Hannah starts well, like, Ezra's just like, let's get this fucking show on the road, basically, is his attitude now. Like, you're finally ready. Yeah. So she starts texting, I'm at the Lost Resort alone, Hannah. You know, she sends that. She's like, it's done. And Hannah looks to Ari and Ezra and then at Caleb. He smiles a little. What a bastard. So uh, after the commercial, we're, we're inside the church. We hear someone like sobbing as we pan over the side of the, the altar. We see Allie in the corner against the window. Her eyes are closed. Her hands are like clasped together, like, desperately, like, praying. Praying. like yeah. desperately praying. Yeah. Then we see the doors, which are just like shutting with the shadow of someone who just entered the church hanging over them. Someone's like approaching the altar, and of course, you cannot not be thinking of that that dream of Jessica during the Christmas episode. <laughs> uh, the The person approaches, rounding the corner, seeing Allison there, and then that person comes out of the shadows. We realize it's Emily, relieved to see Allison. She startles Allison, of course, and she's like, "Allie, I've been looking everywhere for you." And Allison's just breaking down, and she says, "I knew they wouldn't follow me here. I deserve it. This is my punishment." And Emily says, "Allie, your mom and Wilder are dead." They came back for me, and they're going to take me straight to hell. Well, that's that's <laughs> Of bit... all the people who would be religious, it's Allie somehow. Well, I think it started off that thing in Florenzo in yeah. five years. Um, and Emmy's like, we can't stay here, okay? And Allison's like, yes, I can. And Emmy's like, listen to me. This is what, like Elliot said, it's all in your head, remember? These are hallucinations. And Allison's like, I can't tell what's real anymore, Emily. Help me. And Emily's like, turn on. Huge turn on. Yeah, Emily, I need help. I feel like Emily's just like, uh, God damn it. Well, I wonder what Sabrina's up to right now. No, I think this appeals to Emily on a lot of levels. Um, but, you know, I wish there, I mean, there was one or two ways they could have gone. I wish they had had a little more time over the last few episodes to maybe, uh, build up build these solutions. So it's not in one episode, yeah. Yeah. Like well, the, you know, I, I think showing, the hallucination of Jessica in the last episode was a mistake, though, personally. We'll get to that at the end. But. Quite quite possibly. I think it was the build-up before the breakdown. But what they did was, you know, without getting into too much, they leaned heavily on the romantic aspect of her storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, the epic Mr. Turns epic 
romance turns epic betrayal. Under the Radley, though, we cut back to. I don't think anyone's calling this an epic romance. <laughs> it's like the opposite of an epic romance. Uh, there's now like a, a cutout part, like through the brick wall, revealing a door there. Uh, literally, like the covers, like an old Hardy Boys or Nancy Drew book. Toby's like, I'm just funny my notes. Toby's reaching into the hole, uh, <laughs> open the door. I'm reaching the- into the hole, Spence. Holds the ladder, and then they see as the shadow of an approaching person is like coming around the corner. They took the get. Well, they see a flashlight, like so there's a, somebody approaching with the flashlight. You know, yeah, and so just like Toby, and he like then gets up in front of Spencer, pulls out his gun. She's like, oh, safety off. Yeah. Oh my God, you brought your gun. Get behind me. Should he be using that gun without his glasses on? Like, is he is he well, farsighted? Is he nearsighted? That... So we have presbyopia, like twenty two. So. This is why he's wearing glasses, right? I feel like, because Toby's probably shot somebody by accident. Or missed. <laughs> I've killed, like, a lot of people. Either that, I think we've made the joke before that, uh, uh, like, otherwise, like, Toby's, like, storyline on the Rosa Police Force is, like, the John C. Riley storyline from Magnolia. <laughs> I can't find my gun. That's bad for a cop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so, just yeah. looking for his Melora Walters. Yeah, so <laughs> so he's like pointing in the direction of this approaching shadow person, and he's just like, "I'm a police officer. Stop right there." Let me just like uh, Keegan Allen in the Point Break remake. Mm-hmm. I am an L- FBI agent. Is Caleb Bodie then? Uh, whoa. They just do it to get radical. Those guys are only in it to get radical. He goes to Tower Records. He buys some CDs. You're not Wait. going to start chanting on me, are you? I does might. That, does that mean that Ezra is Gary Busey? Give me He's two. Like, Toby, give me two. <laughs> um, it's funny. We can joke about this because absolutely no one watched the Point Break remake. No, I'm, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Um, Original Point Break, by the way. Amazing Catherine Bigelow movie. Exactly. Uh, just like everything Catherine Bigelow does. Very um, underrated. So, uh, yeah, he's shouting that. The shadow person, like, shines a flashlight in their face. They do nothing <laughs> until it's turned off. <laughs> it's Mona. Think, what is the line from uh, Point Break where uh, John C. McGinley is just like, I guess we had us an asshole shortage around here. <laughs> and then, you know, Toby is Keanu would be like, not really. <laughs> right, sorry, it's like, not so far. I not love, so far. I would love to see like the shootout. Uh, uh, the the chase scene. The chase scene, yeah. And then when it ends with like Toby like laying on his back, like firing his gun into the sky. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. It's it's Mona here who like it does not even phase by Toby like putting a gun to her head, basically, because I think she knows the cops don't give him real bullets. Yeah. So well, she's, she's like, whatever. She is. Flat out calling his bluff there. Um, <laughs> Spencer seems disappointed but not too upset. And she's just like, Mona, are you still stalking us? And Mona's like, what are you looking for? And Toby makes this like bitter poop face, puts well, his like gun away. He's mugging her right now. Just like, yeah. But he puts his gun away. Like, he's instantly accepted. Mona's now a part of this equation. Well, what else is he going to do? Shoot her? <laughs> <laughs> so pictured. He's Toby's- like, you're clearly not intimidated by my gun. Toby's Commissioner Gordon and Spencer's Batman, and they're just like, is this the time when we finally just kill the Joker? <laughs> um, Why so serious, Toby? But by the way, if you've not seen Point Break, go see Point Break. It's an amazing, like, adrenalized love story between these two guys. 
one of them just happens to be a FBI agent. And the Swayze other is like, amazing in that movie. Yeah. There's, there's a surfing bank robber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Spencer like, kicks her way into that records room, so that hole in the wall. The three of them head inside their flashlights. It looks like basically just an empty room of empty shelves and cobwebs. And she's like, there's nothing here. And they round a corner. And we see Found a piece of meat in Baja. Turned out to be Rosie. <laughs> Wait, who would play Laurie Petty? Um, ooh, good question. Like from the PLL cast? Yeah. Would it just be Lucas? Arya? Right? Uh, uh, who hmm. else? Is Sarah Harvey? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is an empty room covered in dust. It's just a bunch of shells and like rusty cobwebs and shit. But there's one single file over on a shelf, like conspicuously sitting there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Spencer's like, there's nothing here in Mona's. It's just like, yes, there is. So they go find this like decrepit, dusty old, like cracked, you know, like old yellowed paper file. Uh, we see the top page of the file says admission form. And Spencer's like, Mary Drake, because that's who it says is being admitted. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a patient here 25 years ago. And she flips a page. The next page is certificate of live birth. And Spencer says, oh my God, she had a child while she was here named Charles. Oh, shit. So, I mean, we called this. I mean, everybody saw this coming. Jessica's twin, right? I, I think, think we it, were I think we were making these comments, though, like like last season. Well, the Jessica twin theory is very popular after 424. Yeah. Just with, like, the weirdness of the way that season ended. Well, yeah, uh, I think we were we were talking about how great would it have been if, Al, or if Jessica had just watched her exact lookalike mm-hmm. on Allison over the head of a rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Jessica's twin. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but so Spencer says he was adopted by Jessica and Kenneth De Laurentiis, uh, Charles Drake was, mm-hmm. uh, even Mona seems like she's surprised. At least that's what she gives off here. Mm-hmm. Never know with her. Spencer says, wait, you guys, Charlotte wasn't Jason's older sister. They were practically the same age. And Toby's like, why well, lie about that? And Mona says, maybe Kenneth and Jessica didn't want anyone to know that Charlotte was adopted. So all the timelines make sense now, right? Oh, well. Uh, so Spencer says, why would Charlotte go through so much trouble just to hide this file? And Toby's like, maybe Charlotte didn't hide it. Which I feel like uh, we'll talk about that. But I- I'm curious as to whether or not this was Charlotte or somebody else. Uh, Mona says, maybe her mother did, her birth mother. And Spencer says, Mary Drake. Hmm. So... You know, we, we kind of talked about how, like, Jessica's, like, the most obvious choice in the last episode. Having seen this episode, I think it works pretty well. I just think it was a mistake to show that, like, dream of Jessica in the last episode. Yeah. I don't know what you gain by that, I guess. Seeing, like, zombie Jessica as our first appearance of Jessica, you'd be like, oh, shit, Allie's going crazy. I I feel like well I mean I feel like that's the start of it but also it's you build up Allison to send her like crashing down mm-hmm. you know and it 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 builds it up to rely more on Elliot to not for Allison's purposes not for the audience obviously for Allison to like rely on him more but, you know you can finally be happy let your guard down a little bit well just think if we saw zombie Jessica in the last episode we'd be less likely I think to believe that that was a twin and not a dream right i don't know her looking all like gross and like you know like dead yeah i don't know i don't know i 
you can debate it, I guess. Or maybe if they were going to go the twin, like, don't, like, totally promote it as, like, the marketing point, you know? Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I mean, this was a super popular theory back after 424. It actually explains a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, for instance, like, why was, like, the... Why was Jessica DeLorentis suddenly trying to frame Spencer? Mm-hmm. You know, why was there, like, a, a testimony or a statement by Jessica implicating Spencer that was covered up by Wilden? You know, it would seem to conflict with other Jessica statements. Why was Jessica in that room, like, watching Spencer? Well, so she said that you've seen the twin one other time. Has it been confirmed that it was that time in Spencer's bedroom? I don't know, but I'm not sure. It would seem like it would have to be, wouldn't it? I mean, I mean, that's a pretty weird moment. But I always liked that Jessica was so contradictorily mm -hmm. weird, you know? Um, And because Andrew Parker... You can almost do no wrong in the show. <laughs> she has that amazing voice that can just they take you like 15 different emotions in one scene. <sighs> I'm, I mean, I guess we can go ahead and say that they've made her a series regular for season seven. And I'm so excited about that. They wanted to make sure they had someone who could really pull off the the madness. Yeah. 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 Just the intimidation. Yeah, so, I mean, this is definitely the most logical option for a twin. Like, it'd be way harder to explain that, like, one of the main liars had a twin. But be- because it was so theorized, it's like you can't help being let down because you guessed it, you know? Yeah. And I know a lot of people really wanted, like, one of the liars to have a twin. Well, it'd just, be fun, but, like... It'd be fun in that way where you've completely left reality. You know what yeah, I mean? how do you explain it, I guess? Yeah, I mean, how do you really do that? I mean, that that is, without a doubt, like, the point of no return. Mm-hmm. Well, so, can we assume that Sarah Harvey was not looking for this evidence? Well, I This is totally on the other side of the hospital from where she got her room. There's that, but I got the impression from last week, and with this, Sarah Harvey's looking for, like, either a payout or leverage. I and guess, so, yeah. I wonder if, because we don't know... What the hell Sarah knows? Well, there's a single oh. file here. Somebody left this file here. And for all we know, though, Sarah was looking for this, and she's just looking in the wrong spot. Could be. Because um, I, I always thought that the, the cobweb like, foundation is fascinating uh, there, because it looks like it's already broken, where you would grab the uh, mm. the file. But well, I, I don't think it's like... a coincidence that of all the files that could have possibly been left in this room, it's this one. You know? Right. Right. Well, and that somebody hid this door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But I feel like maybe Sarah was looking for this and that she knows that there's like bigger power players in town. And this is her way of either hmm. buying in or cashing out. We can see that. Um, yeah. So, you know, at the Lost Wizards Resort, we get the establishing shot outside. See that old sign flickering and crackling. Then we who's, get like. Who's powering this light? Like Caleb's generator? I wonder. Is this just off the grid? I don't know. Off the grid, yeah. So we get like the killer POV. We see someone like watching Caleb Ezra and Ari outside who are like look out for whatever and their liar duck out or like duck cover thing. Um, duck blind. Duck blind. And then we look over and see that they can see the killer POV. can see Hannah in the room still in the same spot on the bed. Well, like through binoculars, yeah. Hey, nice hiding place. Yeah. Guys, like maybe, maybe uh, something better next time. A sniffed you out immediately. Immediately, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, back where Caleb and Ari and Ezra are, uh, Ezra's like checking his tablet, which has like Cyber Wolf Bro Hacker Caleb Radar is. on it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, Cyber, Caleb's doing that. Cyber Wolf Bro Hacker Radar on it. Whatever. Well, it's like it's a uh, it's this from his drone. It's like an aerial view in thermal imaging mode. 
Yeah. Like we see there's like three grouped together. That's obviously like these three and like I guess Hannah's the other one or something. Um I mean this is a pretty impressive setup. Or actually no, maybe like you know, the mysterious A is the other one here. Can I can I just throw out a, a, a crazy scene? It's like the most nerdy thing ever on this podcast. Hmm. It's the picture of the thing from Attack of the Clones. Where like Caleb comes into the the room of the Lawson Reserve where like Hannah's sleeping, but only now it's like a skyscraper on Coruscant. And he sees like his drone for some reason. He like dives out the window and like holds on and rides it. That is pretty nerdy, yeah. That's super nerdy. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, he's like, someone's approaching just west of the perimeter. And Ezra's like, let's go. Uh, so we see Ezra like leading them to the woods. Okay, well, Caleb's like, come on. And suddenly like the music amps way up. Like it's this is where it gets a little weird. Like we get all these quick cuts where it seems like they like they amped up the tension, like we missed a scene in between or something. Because they're like is, running through the woods suddenly. This is definitely like 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 one of the I Marlin King touches though. I there's, guess so like the, like suddenly running. like turn the volume way up and there's like action going on and they're well, running through the woods with their flashlights and they're just like you know. There's hurry. always like Scooby Doo running from one place to location. It's like always like a group of people running and come on, hurry up, let's yeah. go. Let's well, go it just seems like a weird transition from like oh, there's someone coming over there to like suddenly like action. Yeah, you know. Um. Yeah, Ezra's just like, be careful this way, this way, and they're all just like, hurry, look out over here. Or he's like, do you see her? And they get to a kind of a little bit of a clearing, and all these like strobe lights start flashing around them. Which I guess this is like Caleb's trap that he set up. Yeah. Like with all his motion sensors and cameras, and they're all like flinching from the lights. And Ezra's just like, there's nobody here. And Ari said, you said she'd be knocked on her ass. And Ezra's just like, we got to get back to Hannah. So and then cut again to them. Outside of Hannah's door, Ezra's got like a crowbar or something. And they're like trying to pound their way into the the room. This is all like like suddenly like it seems a little rushed to me. I I, I feel like there's just like this weird action ending aspect to every Iron Man Lincoln script. Like it reminds me a lot of like six oh one. Yeah, I guess I just I think they they like also, pumped it a little too much. Theory vibes. Who did Caleb actually say this would knock her on her ass to earlier? Was it <laughs> Hannah or was it Emily? This would not what? He said, he actually said earlier it would knock somebody on their ass. Oh, that Say was it Hannah. Hannah. Was it to Hannah? Yeah. Now mm-hmm. Arya can repeat it back verbatim. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, Arya, Hannah, Hannah, are you in there? Caleb, Hannah, say something. Ezra, Hannah, come on. Arya, Hannah. And they burst into the room. Caleb first, then Ezra, then Arya coming. I like the like formation they burst in. Yeah. Like Arya walks in behind uh, Ezra and Caleb there. Arya's like, good job, troops. The general. And Caleb's like, Hannah. And Arya's like, Hannah. And they check the room. It's completely empty. Caleb goes over and te- checks the window, which is still just a window and nailed shut. And he's like, there's no way out of here. And Arya's like, this is impossible. And the three of them keep looking around. Oh, yeah. Hannah's gone. They're dumbfounded. Uh, so at the commercial, we get a wide exterior shot. Like a white building. It's the Welby State Psychiatric Hospital. Surrounded by palm trees in Pennsylvania. This is the one from 611? Sure. Yeah. Or like maybe the, um, might have just been the lead scene. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, so this is like, looks like some rehab type place. Inside, Emily is watching Allie sign herself in for the nurse there. Mm-hmm. Emily does not look super happy right now. No. Nurse hands Allie a large envelope and she says, you'll need to remove all your personal effects. And Allie hesitates a little, but then she takes her rings off and she turns to Emily and she says, can he keep these or can he give these to Elliot, please? Mm-hmm. And Emily's just like, yeah, of course, he's Elliot. And the nurse says, this form advises that although you are voluntarily admitting yourself for treatment, 
you are not necessarily free to leave psychiatric care. You may be involuntarily detained if the doctor deems it necessary. Do you understand, Mrs. Rollins? And Allie's like, yes, fuck that. There's no way in hell I'd ever agree to that. Yeah. I mean, let me throw this out there. Only a crazy person would be cool with this and mm-hmm. thus not able to consent, right? Like, that's a catch-22. <laughs> So Allison goes. You're crazy enough to agree to this. You can't agree to this. Yeah. Allison goes like sign the form, and Ellie stops her. Well, Ellie's just like, oh, mild hallucinations. Better commit myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like Allie, Allie gets trapped for 15 minutes in an elevator. She's like, oh, better go cannibal. (laughs) Dentist is like, oh, looks like you've got a cavity. Allie's like, I just rip out all my teeth. I'm. Imagine if you. We're actually in the plane of Allison when she had one of those moments where she has to go a bit extreme. Yeah. Uh, so Emily says to the nurse, can we have a moment, please? And then Emily's just like, uh, sure, steps away. Uh, Allison, Emily like tries to like, get real. Allison's like, Allie, do you really want to do this? I mean, Elliot's on his way home. Maybe you should just wait and talk to him. And Allison says, I'm only sure of one thing right now, and that's that I need help. <laughs> and he's like, I know, but checking yourself into an insane asylum. Are you fucking kidding me? They put Charlotte in here. And Allie's just like, and she got better and after like, well, five years. Well, <laughs> I was like, well, Emily's just like, I wonder if Paige's number still works. Yeah. And Allie says, thank you for taking care of me. And they hug, you know, hashtag quasi Emerson moment. Uh, Emily says, if you need anything, and Allie's just like, love you. Maybe platonically, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Emily's like, love you too. Definitely not platonically. Uh-huh. And Allie goes back to the desk. She signs the fucking form. And there's like another nurse who's kind of appeared off to the side now. Uh-huh. And the, the main nurse is like, we'll show you to your room now. And she kind of like weighs the other nurse forward. Like she's calling a guard or a bailiff or something. Yeah. You know, it's kind of intimidating. And Allie kind of gets marched through the door. Emily's watching her drift away. Sorry, Emily. I, I think it's time you found a new girlfriend. I mean, this one, she married a dude. She checked herself into an asylum. Yeah, basically, Allison's committed herself. Prospects to are not great. Allison's committed herself to a dollhouse of her own here. Well, well would I, Allie do that after being like in jail? Yeah. Would she be like, yeah, not having my own will—that was cool before. Let's do that again. Uh, Allison's had the craziest fucking life. Well, and she's, when we get to the end of this episode, I, I will voice my feelings on season six when we can but, talk about that. But I mean. uh uh, yeah, maybe maybe this would be a good time for Emily to like pull out the uh, the old page phone number, give her a call, give her a ringy ding ding, and then she sees those like Team Trump tweets, and she's like, <laughs> um, "So the rally hotel lobby, uh, we're at the Hastings campaign party. Peter Hastings there, getting everyone's attention. He's like, may I have your attention, please? Quiet down, everyone. I would like to introduce your new state senator, Veronica Hastings.' I like how they all get quiet to hear the magical voice of Nolan North. I mean, the only thing that would have been greater is if somehow they had gotten divorced and they were, like, running against each other. Well, this is your, like, House of Cards power couple here. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, Veronica comes in for a moment. Her moment shines. <laughs> Peter Hastings turns to the camera. Did you think I'd forgotten about you? <laughs> I love that woman. I love that woman like a shark loves blood and scotch. Uh, <laughs> well, this is Hastings' ascendant here, you know? He takes Veronica's hand. He holds her it up like, like she's the champion. The boxing match. Unlimited power! You see, uh, Spencer and Toby are kind of, they're back in party attire, or at least uh, Spencer is. Yeah, Spencer is. Clapping off to the side. 
I, is that the same thing Toby was wearing? I'm not even sure. I didn't bother to check. Veronica's like speechifying. She's just like, thank you everyone for all your hard work. We did it. <laughs> Woman of few, few words. Well, she, we did it. Like pumps her fist. Yeah, she hugs Peter. They There's start... more clapping. We see Mona is watching and clapping like off to the side. All by herself. Dejected Mona yet again. Uh, Veronica's campaign song apparently is Let's Work Together by Canned Heat, which is interesting. <laughs> um, you know, like Toby pats Spencer on the shoulder and he's like, hey, congratulations. And she's like, thanks. I uh, I really can't thank you enough for all the help you gave me tonight. Ari got some, or yeah. Well, in your fucking face. Oh, Yvonne. yeah. Ari got some. Hannah got something. None for Toby. Well, Yvonne right now is just like, oh, my mom just lost. And uh, but, my boyfriend's not even here. He's at the winner's party. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Clapping along. Which I hope, I hope there's a camera there and this ends up on the news. <laughs> but uh, uh, like, I don't get any kind of vibe that like there's a Spoby reunion here. You know, you don't. I mean, I the first time I watched this, I was like, like a friend of mine, like was just like, what the fuck is all that Spoby shit? And I was like, what are you talking about? And then on the rewatch, I was like, ah, shit, because like you notice all, you know, him putting an arm on her shoulder, all the little like hand touches that like she's going to like do her own, like, you know, sign through the wood because she had a good teacher. Like what the him speaking French? What's going on here? I don't know. I don't like this at all. There's I some major spooky vibes are thrown off. I'm not episode. saying that they're not both like a little bit swayed by the past, but I don't feel like it's going to go anywhere. Like they're just being like Spencer, especially is just being, it shouldn't Spencer like, shouldn't want to go back to that. I feel like she's just being respectful of the good times because once you've moved on, you can just look at the good times. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I think that's it's it's good, but it's also it's you know it's harder for Spencer because it's like she's not going back to Toby. Thank God. And then she has to eventually find out what Caleb did. Fucking mm. Caleb. Poor Spencer. So yeah, her phone rings. She answers. Says, hey, Arya. She's kind of like holding up another hand to block out the noise. Uh, Mona is watching intently here. She's keeping an eye on Spencer. And Toby's just like, Spence, what's going on? And she kind of grabs his hand. She rushes out of this place. Mona is just like, yeah, fuck that. I'm following you. Like from now on. Like, there's no way you're keeping me off this show. I'm following Spencer everywhere, basically. I'm going to be on you like that dress. Mm-hmm. Which may or may not involve panties. Mm-hmm. And then we go back to the Lost Woods Resort. Well, I mean, so, so, like, for example, what you were just saying, there could also be that deleted scene where, like, they're downstairs again, but they've gotten rid of Mona, and Spencer, like, we need to go back upstairs. And, she, like, she, like, turns her back to Toby and, like, takes off the sweater. <laughs> and, like, no, Toby's no, like, no, why? Well, because not not it's like just Toby's like infatuated or like the feeling the sexiness of Spencer. She's just putting the dress back on. That ass. Well, like you know the the oh, I can't remember what episode was in six A where like Sarah turns around like her back to to Emily and Emily. Why are just, you trying to work this like Spoby shit in here? I'm what not. What are you doing? Saying, you not, you're, you are. That's what you're doing. I'm just saying. Are you a secret Spobyite? God no. I want to hmm. see. The, I want to see the powerful wizard I Marlene King like have the others crush them. Mm-hmm. Can Maybe we be a stink guy right now, even though we're not in the same room? I just want to say, would you say that Spoby is your least favorite ship? Somehow it is, even in the world of Ezria. I mean, except for like just like the random bullshit that nobody cares about, you know. I would say it's my least favorite. I would. I mean, say like Allie Rollins is awful, but nobody. You know, that. for all of my shit talking in the past, I would value Paley over Spoby. Oh, way more. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just saying there was a lot of real estate of me shitting on Paige in the past. <laughs> <laughs> that happened quite a bit. Um, Paige didn't put Emily in a mental institution. She only tried to drown her. 
<laughs> one time. But did you die? <laughs> so back in the uh, the law. Wilden's dead. Sorry. <laughs> Six ten flashbacks. Uh, so we discovered there's a hole in the floor under the floorboards in the Lost Woods Resort. Yeah, I love this. Uh, I guess like leading off the property. So do you think? Do you think A dug this in like one day after he saw what the setup was, or was this whole like always here I, I, as like a secret escape hatch? I want to know how the fuck these people realized it was there. They didn't know before. Yeah, Caleb's just like <laughs> I should have checked the floors. And that's just like, Caleb, how would you, who would have thought to do that? Hey, hey. I actually, I love that line. It's such a great line. Like, hey, would have, you know. Well, I wanted, I wanted Caleb to turn to Ari and be like, all right, get in there. And Ari's like, <laughs> yeah, what? why not? You're the only one who's small enough to fit in there. Get the fuck in there. I right. guess by the time they discover this, it's too late to follow. I don't care. Get in there right yeah. now. <laughs> but I love that. Just like, who would have thought of, who would have thought to do that? A would have, you know. Uh, she, but honestly, it makes Caleb a little bit suspicious right now because you seemingly were the one who set this trap and didn't check. I I just want him to push her in there. Whoops. <laughs> uh, so Spencer and Toby come rushing in. Spencer's just like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. She she hugs Caleb and it seems appreciated. And then Mona comes rushing in behind them and Caleb freaks the fuck out. Like, why the hell did you bring her here? He totally shouts at Spencer like a crazy person. Well, and he this like looks this, at her like she did this and did something wrong. And this she like seems hurts her. Hurt. She's wounded. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is all this aggression? She yeah. doesn't understand it. And it's like, hey, dude, why don't you take your infidelity guilt out on Spencer, you fucking asshole? Well, and then Toby ADR is like, no, no, we didn't. But Caleb keeps looking at Spencer like he's been betrayed as if Mona is that totem symbol for what he well, did it's wrong. Like, I think maybe Spencer like didn't realize Mona was there and it was like, wait, why are you so mad at me? Oh, you're looking at Mona? Like, she didn't, but she also, didn't realize what was going on? She's got to be seeing this, like, sudden weird side of Caleb here. Yeah, definitely. But, and, so, they all look at Mona, and Mona shrugs, like, fuck you guys. She's like, I followed them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ezra... Yes, Spencer, um, you can do better. But better, Ezra's, I mean me. <laughs> Ezra's like, guys, video's downloading. So everyone comes well, rushing over. Caleb's looking at Mona like she came from Ravenswood or something. Like, what the fuck? It's like he's like haunted by Mona here. Just like, what's going on? Why are you here? Oh, I would love a scene with uh, Mona's just like, hey, Caleb, I have a message for you from Miranda. And then she's like, whispers something in her, his ear and he freaks out. Yeah. Um, well, so he's after, like, Spencer's like, she's hurt. You know, she's like, she doesn't understand where this is coming from. Yeah. So everyone comes rushing over around Ezra. He's holding his laptop weird again. And I'm just mm-hmm. saying. Like a psycho. Arya. I wouldn't sleep with a guy who holds a laptop that way. It's just weird. Among other things. Yeah. Uh, Spencer and has to kind of move around to the other side. She doesn't get to stand next to Caleb. Yeah. I mean, R.I.P. Spaleb, you know. Mm. On screen, there's like six like windows of video tiled there. It's like a bunch of forest shots. But then uh, the bottom center one, we see Arya, Ezra, and Caleb being blinded by strobe lights like from earlier. And Caleb's just like, wait, rewind it. So Ezra does. He's like, look, stop. <laughs> it makes the classic VHS rewind sound. Yeah, of course, because that's that's what happens when you rewind digital video. Uh, and Ezra taps a key and they frown. And Toby looks at Spencer confused. And Arya's just like, but could that even be possible? And well, she, sc- she seals it with the eye narrow. Oh, yeah. On screen, we see a, a woman with dark hair that, if you freeze frame, it looks an awful lot like Jessica De Laurentiis. Mm-hmm. Running through the woods, this light flash around her. Mm-hmm. And they're just like stunned. Even Mona is just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. 
what the fuck indeed. So yeah, I mean it's 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 starting to come together for the first time viewer. It's not been fully spelled out yet, but uh, Allison's house. There's Detective Darren Wilden wearing his bloody shirt. He's just like strolling in the middle of the room. It's kind of dark. Yeah, loosens that shirt. We see that his neck looks a little funny, looks a little rippled, and then oh my fucking shit, he starts pulling off his face mask, Mission Impossible style. <laughs> we then cut to the floor. We watch like scrapes of the mask falling the floor. Then we see the blonde wig drop, and when we look back up, it's Doctor Goddamn Rollins. Wait, he's evil? No, I never saw that coming. Yeah. Yeah. And then impossible style. It's fucking Rollins peeling off his uh his Wilton mask, yeah. What looks like Mrs. D, but darker and more vampiric, shows up behind him. This is Mary Drake, and Rollins says, I just got the call from the hospital. Allison's resting comfortably. And they look like (laughs) supervillains, and she's like she signed the papers. And he's like, yes, Mary, I control 51% of Karasimi now. He's like full, like, evil British Ponce mode. Yeah, yes, she's Mary, I control 51% of Karasimi now. <laughs> <laughs> you are the only man my daughter ever loved. Take that, Jason. He's like, I would have done anything for Charlotte. And she's, well, then Mary says, Elliot, you proved that when you married her cousin. What the fuck does that mean? Like, Allie, some hand grenade that you gotta jump on by marrying? Like, like sick burn well, on Allie there. That that he did this heinous thing yeah. by marrying. You loved Charlotte so much, you married that awful bitch, Alice Torrentes. Yeah, and she says we finally taken back what's supposed to be mine. Well, and she's she all like over. cold fury right now. Yeah. She walks over, picks up that framed picture of Charlotte we've seen, it looking so gorgeous twice already, and she says, "And that's what our Charlotte would have wanted." Bum bum bum. So yeah, these two are in cahoots. For something or other. Oh, by the way, Jessica, or I'm sorry, I want to keep wanting to call her Jessica. Uh, Mary here is like black leather jacket, a little bit of raccoon eye makeup. This is like evil or evil twin, you know. I am, I'm very intrigued by her look, only because when they revealed uh, like some of these like recent photos of like Andrea Parker like doing some tweeting and stuff, she has this look. Oh, I mean, that was like six months ago they shot this, though. Right, right, right. So, so, but she has this look. So, I guess that's gearing up for season seven. I guess it's even darker, seemingly in the in the press photos I saw. But that's that's why it was so fascinating. Yeah. So then, for myself, I thought for a minute, like, is it possible they could have filmed this recently to keep it like under? No, I doubt it. I seriously but doubt it. BLO is pretty good for the most part about like real spoilers not getting out. Pretty good, yeah. Um, I mean. You could all guess this was coming, but it's not like it actually leaked. Yeah. Um, I mean, we all fucking knew Rollins was evil from like the moment he showed up on screen. I hope someone did. Yeah. So outside the the Lost Resort, they're all outside, like looking at the laptop on a car. You know, Emmy's there well, now. It's like on an abandoned car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, let's put the laptop here. We see the footage from before where Mary Drake's like running through the woods and she gets stunned by the strobe lights. And Mona's like, guys, it's Mrs. D. And Emily's like, Toby, should we call the police? And then. Their text message alerts all go off. And they all Iconic. check their text, Including Spencer on her Apple Watch. Well, no, not just Spencer. Emily, too. Ooh. Major Tulpa theory. Emily and Spencer both check the, the text on their Apple Watch. I love it. It's so great. And then we see the, the text. Thanks for giving me Hannah. You're free to go. A.D. Hmm. Yeah, Spencer says, thanks for giving me Hannah. Emily says, you're free to go. Aria says, A.D.? And they're looking around, they're freaked out, they're confused, the camera's kind of slowly pulling back in a crane shot, looking down on them. Got that Lost Woods Resort sign flickering in the foreground. 
So who could this new A be? There's something about the you're free to go that makes it sound like this was all set up to get Hannah mm-hmm. and like not about Charlotte's killer or something. Am I reading too much into that? Or uh, I think thanks for giving me Hannah because Hannah's the one who said I killed Charlotte. That's the yeah. impression I got. Thank you for giving me Charlotte. Like forgiving me. It's like A knew that this was a trap all along. Like you're free to go, bitches. You know. Yeah, but it seemingly knowing it's a trap doesn't necessarily mean that A realizes the hand is not the actual killer this is my theory ad is the killer i don't think the ad is emoji a hmm the, the is... next episode is called um tiktok tiktok bitches. bitches which makes me think that a is going to give him an ultimatum like do something really incriminating that i can use against you later or i'm going to kill hannah that's my prediction there's a lot of ways you could go it's it's a very interesting, complicated landscape now. I don't think that this AD is the uh, the Marion Rick team there. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, but that means that presumably, I don't know, have they never been the emojis? Well, let, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, last little A tag here. We pan up to the Rosewood Church bell tower at night. Inside, somebody is dragging a body by their feet. And, oh, it's Hannah. Her hands are clasped around a bouquet of those violet roses. Same ones that Charlotte had. And uh, she's got some blood on her lip. Like maybe she's punched or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, just gets dragged by. Seemingly unconscious. Uh, is she dead? Uh, well, no. Because we saw the flash forward in 610. <laughs> uh, maybe if we hadn't seen that, it'd be a lot scarier. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the episode. Hannah has been taken. I feel like there there could have been some version of a scene like granted they probably didn't know what they were going to do here but like some version of some scene from this episode would have made a much more interesting flash forward well i want to talk about like a like a season six retrospective in a little bit but before we do that just some kind of general theory questions to run through okay um so are mary and i'm just calling them rick with a w (laughs) rollins there are mary and rick are they the emoji a team or are they like a fourth because there, there's the Sarah Harvey contingent, wow. there's the killer, there's this AD person, there's Mary and Rick, and then there's also possibly Emoji A. It's like, how many evil parties are there right so now? So there's like, I think somebody implied, I want to say it's Mary Arlene King, but there's a lot of people who are making noise when she's doing interviews. I want to imply that, that Rick Rollins and Mary Drake are potentially Uber A. I don't buy that. Okay. I think they could be maybe Emoji A. Well, so presumably they are, or one of them at a time or whatever, is riding around the back of that town car, right? Yeah, I feel like there's the maybe more than one A right now. Because there's, like, nothing, there's nothing about the people with the masks that ties them to the emoji text. Well, I guess there's something about the lame-ass emojiness that doesn't seem to match up with a like sneaking through their defenses through like a secret hole and stealing Hannah. Like that's like, that's so cagey that it seems too good for the emoji. A, you know? Mm -hmm. So you think that there's, (laughs) so you think that there's potentially three opposing forces, not including Sarah Harvey. It seems like it. I don't know. So there's, there's, you're saying that there's a emoji Uber a, and then, Rick the, and Mary. Team Rick and Mary. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because I like the, the who has Hannah question. It mm-hmm. seems like like Uber A has Hannah, right? Like the killer. Uber A would potentially be also the person who drove the monster truck. The person who killed Charlotte. Okay. Of course, this uh, 
assumes that Charlotte's actually dead, not actually Ubre. But yeah, um, seemingly there's the the party who attacked Emily with the car, the party who killed Charlotte. It seems like they have Hannah just because they're going back to the the bell tower and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice feel. Even though it, it calls back to the start of the season, nice mm-hmm. feel of season one finale. I like the AD thing because. I know a lot of people are like starting this whole Andrew De Laurentiis theory. Andrew Campbell, Andrew Drake adopted, just like, mm. just like uh, Charles Drake, ni uh, Charlotte Drake was, mm. ni uh, Nathan Drake. I like I like A D because you know there's A there's A D because again when when A started at the beginning of the show A was pretending to full on be Allison. Mm-hmm. So there's the AD Allison Durantis thing. There's also like AD I, after death, like after Charlotte. Death, I like that a lot. Um, so I like the AD thing. It's it's a little confusing because you potentially have AD Uber A and A Moji or I yeah, no OJ better. I don't know. I assume that AD is Uber A. That's what I'm going with. Okay, I but feel like not... a- AD has Hannah. I don't think Mary and Rick have Hannah. So I mean, maybe if there's just two teams right now. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't think Mary and Rick are on the Uber A team because Mary showed up and like got scared by like the the flashing lights. Right, right. Well, also, and they're like in a different location too. You know, they went back home while somebody's dragging Hannah. Granted, there's a precedent for what her skills are from her pretender days, mm-hmm. but I don't see Andrea Parker like doing weird gymnastics or anything like super yeah. athletic. So they don't seem as like skilled as a would seem to be and plus you know we don't theoretically we don't know who uber a is that's kind of like the way the the showrunners talk about it so i'm assuming it's not them right so i but i I definitely want to tie it into though i don't think anytime we've ever seen the masks that that has been tied to the person doing the emojis Mm, maybe yeah so there was there was the one where they went outside and texted them wasn't there i don't know I don't think so. I think the old postman was just watching through the window. I think the uh, the doorman guy just got in the car and like mm. dropped the mask. Uh, we don't know what the fuck the uh, uh, this is. This is why I think Sarah Harvey's potentially looking for leverage or something that may be related to the Rick and Mary group because presumably that's either uh, uh, Mary or Rick who's dressed as the maid. Mm, okay, you know, in her room. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I mean, what is Shower Harvey up to right now? And I, I love. I don't that think Shower she's a part of either team. I like the idea that Shower Harvey is just trying, like, to navigate between all these forces. Wild card. Yeah. They'll never see me coming, except they totally will. <laughs> oh, and so a bigger question is: uh, Did Charlotte know about Mary? She. It's it's so interesting because the name Drake. Well, but couldn't you just as easily explain that by saying Charlotte knew that Jessica's maiden name was Drake? Yeah. And so it's like a really easy pseudonym to just use your mother's maiden name. But but what a lot of people wanted, the people who were upset with Game Over Charles for for timeline issues, I mean, mm-hmm. um, this is the way they walk out of it. Just by saying, yeah, Cece was lying. I don't, or Cece wasn't telling the whole truth. Ultimately, I, I don't think she was i feel like she was pretty sincere i don't want her to be because i don't i don't think like the way she's reacting to jessica being dead i don't think she knew that she secretly had a different mother or anything like that Hmm. um it's like 
did did Mary escape the night that like Allison got bonked over the head and Bethany Young died? Did she escape yeah, alone? I mean, who knows if she was in the Radley at that point? It's a long time. Well, and then the question Radley. Is, when was she in the Radley? Yeah. Um, like it maybe at some point when Charlotte was you know arrested and you know after being a in the five years. Maybe at some point she learned about it. I mean, there were, were those like weird people like packing up the Kerasimi group mm-hmm. that we don't know who that's connected to. But I don't think, at least from what we've seen, it doesn't seem like Charlotte knew about Mary. I think it's much easier to say that she picked the name Drake because that's her mom's maiden name. Mm. And, you know, unbeknownst to her, there exists a Mary Drake. And I don't think it like Drake is common enough that I don't think Jessica would have like flipped out if she knew that like Charlotte was using her maiden name as an alias, I think it would just, I don't think you immediately think like, Oh no, my evil twin, you know? Right. Well, no. Cause so, uh, Jessica had heard about Jason's new girlfriend before she met her. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that crazy to hear your new, your son's new girlfriend's name. His last name is Drake. It is then it then it hits you even harder when you realize, okay, yes, my son's new girlfriend is actually his sister. <laughs> and the fact that she's using the last name Drake is even sicker now. But technically um, just a cousin. Technically just a cousin. But Marlene's like, it's totally cool now. Also, he was super frustrated, and also we found out that she never really loved him because she only ever loved uh Rick. Well, she loved him like uh Oh, you know, brother, cousin. whatever. Yeah, apparently Kiss loves cousins. Rick. <laughs> like kissing cousins. Did she really love Rick? I mean, did oh. that start up before or after she went into yeah, the Oh, Sherlock brought up a great point that I thought of. Allison assumed that something was going on between her and Rick enough, her and Rollins enough. I'm going to say Rick Rollins. Enough that she then told Charlotte the night mm. Charlotte got out. Okay. Charlotte was so hurt that she left, ran out of the house. So it's like, is Rollins just like got a lot of jam and he's putting it everywhere he can? I like was Charlotte in on any plans and it was a mistake that she was killed? Like, was that not according to the to the Mary and Rick plan? But tell me, you like, was she like part of like team? Let's steal the Karasimi group money for for Team Drake, you know? Tell me you don't get a Timothy Oliphant. Well, you know, but later. If you had a mom. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Mrs. Miles. Is it Miles? Mm-hmm. Billy Miles? No. Uh, Billy's mother. Yeah. What was her name? Loomis. Billy Loomis. That's right. Mrs. Loomis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, the shit with Sydney's mom in Scream 3. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's Scream 3. So, um, another question. Is Mona up to something? Or is she Always. just in love with Spencer? Mona's always up to something because that's that's why she's amazing. I would love, I would, I swear to God, I would fucking love if like finding out about Caleb is when Spencer turns to Mona, and they even if they don't have a romantic connection. Well, I think you got to stretch that out for a few episodes before like Spencer's they, hating Mona more than ever, and then suddenly they're just making out. Even if they don't go straight to making out, but if like maybe for once Spencer can treat Mona like she's a goddamn human being, <laughs> yeah, you know, and like. Mona, who's like, I don't know what Mona can do other than like jump on a bunch of swords for Spencer to to prove that she's a decent person. It can be trusted to some. But degree. you just you never know with Mona. She is so seemingly altruistic now that you're just like maybe, maybe she has turned. You know. Yeah. Um. So Caleb is he secretly evil? You know the sad thing about Caleb is that. 
it's like I prefer him to be evil than to just to be like another well, doesn't, with male. Wouldn't it make it easier? Like, yeah. oh, he's evil. He's working for A. Now Hannah and Spencer can bond, and the liar friendship is intact. But but I somehow wonder if that's not going to be the case. Yeah, it's just not. a flawed bro who did something fucked up. I I really hope it's not like oh, but Spencer wants to go back to Toby, so everything's okay. No, I don't. Which want is horseshit because she's in love with Caleb. She said so. That's why, you know, that wouldn't it be nice theory if Caleb had a twin <laughs> and they each got one. Yeah, I, I just don't see a happy ending here unless he's evil and that's only sort of happy. Yeah. Uh, well, so, I mean, there are a lot of fans who that's what they want. They want that that betrayal, that like significant other betrayal. Well, I mean, according to Marlene, there's just going to be like crazy reveals all season long next season. So who knows? Maybe there will be. Uh, an evil well, how and how betrayal. does how does Barry Rollins fit into all this? Barry Rollins? I mean, uh, Barry Maple. <laughs> how dare you? Barry Maple's the only good man in Rosewood. That's how I, he fits in. Sorry, I was just confused by that uh, Jim Titus tweet. Barry's got kids <laughs> to feed. Uh, uh, but I love the the PLO show like thing too. No wonder Kenneth liked Allison so much. She's his only actual child. Is she really though? I, mean, I think we all know that's Peter's kid. Oh, I would love. That. I mean, Roll or uh, Peter, not Peter. Uh, Ken, he's shooting blanks, right? Adopted one kid. Jason's not his, right? Come on. I am surprised that Spencer and Allie are sisters. I am surprised that Kenneth would keep the adoption of Charlotte to himself. You know what I mean? Since he's oozing all of that stuff, finally. Yeah, 16. maybe he just maybe he hates to even acknowledge his impotence. I guess you know. I mean, he was like real quick to like, no, like I'm not, I'm not send that anything. thing back to the manager for return as soon as like Jason was there, and it seemed like Charlotte or uh, you know Charles at the time was evil. Yeah, uh, I mean, but he even in that story lied about Charlotte being potentially lied about Charlotte being fifteen months older than Jason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, in the way he said fifteen months intentionally, you could say that that's a, a very much part of the lie, you know. I just, you know, I, I, I kind of want Kenneth back for a scene, just oozing raw Kennethness. I hope they bring me back. Like, don't you want a scene alone of him, you know, having a it's more like a children, safe to fall on that guy? But also like him, like getting like that that disapproving like head shake from Peter. Uh-huh. Ken, you're not even a man to me. I'm the father of all your children. <laughs> Literally, all of them. Charlotte, Jason, Allie, they're all mine. Oh, that's the other thing. Like who was who was Peter having the affair with, you know? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. he was he hitting both twins? Who knows? Well what if like <laughs> what if it turns out somehow Jason's actually like a Dealerantis and it's like uh Charlotte? <laughs> that's why he's so dumb. Well like Charlotte's the actual uh like Peter sired child. Mm, I mean it could be, yeah. Yeah. So uh is Charlotte still alive? I hope so. I I just I just want Vanessa Ray back in some way. I'll put it that. Way. It would be the ultimate con. Yeah. Although I it, I don't know how much fun it would really be to be like Uber is also Charlotte, you know. Yeah. Um, it'd be kind of like, you know it'd be like like the Sarah Harvey thing where like all the roads lead back to Sarah Harvey. It's you want someone new, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's funny because you don't you don't want to be like Mona again maybe not i don't know if mona had like i mean 
we all know Janelle Parrish can just like crush like a villain monologue. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't complain that much if if she went full on like I'm totally team liar and just like totally sold it. Than to just be like you fucking bitches, you believe me, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that would be kind of amazing. Uh, so uh, was Rollins originally supposed to be Ren? Doesn't it kind of seem that way? Like he's an English psychologist. I wonder. I mean, or if they're definitely wanting to get you thinking in that regard. They definitely uh, want you to be thinking about Ren. I mean, like I said, it's it's a different shape to that storyline if it had been Ren all along. Well, I think the whole idea of like, ooh, this is sort of scandalous would work a little bit better if it was Ren. Because they would all have known Ren and it'd be like, oh, you're like hooking up with him behind her back. That would have, that's something, even if it wasn't like a doctor patient relationship, that would be a little scandalous just if like Allie was secretly hooking up with Ren, you know? Well, you get, you get a lot more drama between like her and Spencer, her mm-hmm. and Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're going to automatically be suspecting Ren just because he's Ren. He's such a lightning rod for people. But you can, like, mid-6B have him redeem himself in people's eyes and then, boom, drop the hammer. He's actually evil because he's, you know. Well, that would not be, like, this, like, super lame, like, wholesome relationship. Well, it would be a little more torrid and trashy and them, like, sneaking around. And it would definitely feel like a crazy whirlwind marriage. Well, and the, yeah, and the problem is that we never you never got enough of this relationship with Rollins yeah. to buy into it. And at least we knew who Ren was. I, I do kind of wonder, like, did they have plans and they couldn't get Julian Morris, so they just invented a different, like, British psychiatrist to, to work into the story? Yeah. Or maybe Rollins is, you know, Rick, Ren's brother. Who knows? He's going to take off another mask. <laughs> another mask, yeah. Uh, so, one last question here. Uh, was it a mistake to end 610 at the Flash Forward? I, I don't feel like that, it was. I don't think it was a mistake. I just think that while that was a well-constructed scene for the end of that episode, I think having it be a flash forward that didn't wrap up in like a moment here. Well, it's a flash forward that number one tells us Hannah's going to make it. Yeah. And number two, it pretty much immediately told us that like Rollins is evil. No, not, not specifically. Not specifically, but the implication like he's coming like, I feel like there was such a like a a giant neon sign overall in some moment he showed up. It was just like, oh, he's totally evil. He's the he, you know. Like, I mean, it, did it did it really help to have that flash forward? I don't think it did at all. I don't think it it did them any favors ultimately, unless there's a crazy twist coming that we don't know about. Yeah, I mean, I I I think they kind of had to do some kind of flash forward, you know, just if you're laying out that episode. And you're going to have like that five month hiatus between six to 10 and six to 11. I think you have to have that hiatus. But yeah, having one that's going to eventually lead to a cliffhanger ending to your season that, like you said, you know, this character is going to survive. So obviously the A is not going to throw her off the, the, the rooftop there. I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I, that's the problem of, of writing stuff that way. I mean, I know other shows have done it in this work, like I guess Breaking Bad when they wrote their flash forwards. They had no idea where they were really going. Um, well, that I wouldn't say that that really worked out that well for Breaking Bad personally. I mean, I know this is like hallowed ground we're stepping on here among TV critics and whatnot. But when they did that in season two, like that's the worst season of the show. Mm-hmm. When they did it in season five, it felt a little bit tedious to work up to that point. Mm-hmm. Like we're just like waiting for that shoe to drop. I I'm not a huge fan, I and mean, this is like popular in television right now to do the like 
jump forward scene and then like, ooh, how do we get there? I don't think it really helps personally. Well, because you also are on record as hating anything prequel related. No, this isn't a prequel thing at all. I mean, I think it, it worked brilliantly on Lost, but I'm not sure if it's ever worked otherwise. Like when we find out who's in that coffin in the arrow, will it have been worth it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I would love a scene of Spencer at the airport yelling. We to have Aria. to go back. Well, the reason it works in Lost is because it's Which, such by an way, spoiler. If you haven't watched Lost yet, yeah. Well, it's it's such an inversion of our expectations in Lost that they they flash forward and we realize, oh shit, these characters are off the line. This isn't a uh, the island. This isn't a flashback. And what we realize is that nothing has turned out seemingly the way we would have thought it would. Mm-hmm. It's a total reversal of our expectations of what it would be like if these people got off the island. And that's why it's so intriguing. Whereas, like, the flash forward to, like, uh-oh, something's coming, and then, like, we're building up to it, I don't think it really has that same emotional weight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this the, the, the ending of Season 3 of Lost is a fucking masterpiece because it, it literally cracks your head open like an egg at the possibilities of that show. And change and opens it up, and what they could have done after that was could have been anything. Um, I don't. I mean, that, that's a flash that forward where you feel the bottom falling out underneath you. Whereas seeing like, oh, there's a mysterious he in the future that they're all worried about. You're just kind of like waiting to find out what that is. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, do you want to just maybe talk about season six as a whole? Yeah, I mean, where else are we gonna do it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got. I mean, you know, we can go on forever about this. Well, um, for the people who want the three hour episode. We're working here. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. I feel like it's fair to say that this was a, a pretty choppy season of the show. And I think there's a, a couple pretty specific reasons for that. I This is my sense because I was kind of looking at the timeline and like in season five, PLL was riding high. They had their hundredth episode. Mm-hmm. They got renewed for two more seasons, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then like right when that happened, I feel like that's when they started to have it kind of stretch things out a little. And so that by the time they got to the end of season five, suddenly it was like, whoa, the ratings are di- dipping a little. You know, the uh, the inmates are getting a little restless. Time to wrap this shit up and mm-hmm. like, you know, move on to a new A mystery. So suddenly, the, like season six comes around. They've got to rush the A mystery to, to close it out and then mm-hmm. mid season do a time jump five years forward. And I feel like that really and it seems like they cut the budget too. I mean, they, they five episodes shorter, you know, season order. Mm-hmm. suddenly like they're scrambling to wrap up the this one a mystery and like start up this whole new one with i don't think there was even a hiatus between the 6a and 6b like filming schedule if i'm not or if there was it was a short one well, and i just think usual... it's a really hard like not only do they have to wrap up the whole mystery in 10 episodes suddenly and then they have to totally change gears go five years forward start a whole new mystery i think it's just it's hard to ask that of a production crew, you know, week in, week out with no real break there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you saw in 6B was like, they're just still trying to figure out like what's good, you know, what is this show five years forward? And it took them a while to really get their footing. Well, yeah, I think there was, to answer you one thing, I think there was the usual one week. Uh, they don't always do it right at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like after the first episode of the, the, the B season, they take their one week off, but, um, yeah, I think that they're like visually setting up the future. They did some great things in 6B from the get-go. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the height of the show, like the show when it was at its absolute most powerful in, in, all, in all fields, in all regards of the production of the show, the writing, the acting, but also the impact 
was five five A premiere and the one hundredth episode. Well, and I can, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Obviously, if you could wave your magic wand and do it, you know, in with perfect, uh, you know, recall the past. Maybe it would have been better to wrap up the A mystery in season five, like have Welcome to the Dollhouse be somewhere in the like, you know, 517 or 518, somewhere around there and wrap everything up by 525, Um, you know, move move Allie getting arrested up a little bit. I mean, I feel like there's a way you can press season five, you get rid of Egg and, uh, and Talia there. You bring, you know, there's a way to do that a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. that I think works a lot better. And then you, you have that break to really figure out what this top five years forward is going to be without just like going straight from one totally different storyline to a whole new one. And over the course of like two weeks, you know, there's that there's also, there's little things in six, a that I would, that I would change. Like, I don't think you need two episodes where you ponder if Leslie stone. Yeah. Is a. Well, and if, if you were, you know, moving that back into season five, you don't have those episodes. It's just um, moving. And it, it seems like they were moving to a conclusion. And then suddenly it was like, oh, shit, two more seasons of the show. We need to pace this out. And they start to pace it out. And suddenly it's like, oh, the ratings drop. No, we got to hurry up and finish again real quick. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think they kind of like got screwed by their own success there where they they slowed down. And then suddenly it was time to speed up. And, it, you know, it's just like a bad time midseason to suddenly have to do a flash forward. Well, and also. You know, whatever you're doing, whether it be politics or a TV show, you don't want to have to be reacting. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. should be setting the pace, you should be setting the drive. And I think that they've potentially got that momentum back going into season seven. Well, I, I think, think this episode worked well, and yeah, I think season seven they've had five or six months now to really figure out what they want to do, and they're not doing this on the fly anymore. But and they've set themselves up some nice options too. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like. There was really only that singular question too. Going back to that flash forward in a six ten, there's that singular mystery setup. He, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like Rollins, this, obviously, yeah. Whereas this, there's potentially like four or five. What was the expression we used in the dark ride? Dark actors. There's four or five dark actors, <laughs> <laughs> like doing like different things and competing against each other and what have you. And it's 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 an exciting time to be PLL. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's hard to to marry your your big mystery storylines and all that shit with like your other storylines for individual characters. Like Arya is writing a book with Ezra, you know, or like you mentioned, like like an a, an Emily Talia storyline that doesn't I'm tie sorry, into you the cut mystery. Out there, what was that? Well, sometimes it's hard when you have to marry those two. Uh, uh, like the the mystery of it all and all that shit with like mm-hmm. individual character storylines, like Arya writing a book of Ezra, or like since you mentioned it, like Emily and Talia having a brief romance and what that means. You well, know, like imagine, imagine you cut out Talia, you put Sabrina there instead, and then the second half of Five B is the Sarah Harvey very quick relationship and then betrayal. It doesn't feel nearly as stretched out, you know. I, and I agree, but I also think I also think that six A could have gone exactly like it like it was with some some big changes, like I said, cutting out two episodes that involved Leslie Stone, That's letting what I'm some just of move your, it back to season five. But even even six, just doing it six A works. I don't think that the actual structure of the the flash forward mid season six. I don't think it necessarily was horrible per se. Well, I'm just saying from a logistics standpoint. 
I don't think they had enough time to plan out 6B because they're still doing 6A. Yeah. And if you move 6A back into the back half of season five, you then have time to really figure out what you're doing for 6B or, you know, for the season six and to really plan that mystery. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, moving on to the last thing I want to talk about, Heather Hogan's piece, you ended up with a season that was pretty light on mystery. Most of the kind of like juiciness was all in the romances. Mm-hmm. And there was one person that was, you know, conspicuously absent from that romance there, which is Emily. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the what Heather Hogan wrote and her uh, you know, the mysterious degayification? Well, I mean, her her point is interesting, too. And a lot of people were like, well, what about Sarah Harvey? And her point is that Sarah Harvey is never really the viable love interest for Emily. She was entirely a plot contrivance thrown at her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, you could make the argument with Emily and 6B that, you know, sometimes a character has a storyline that's very personal to them and it doesn't involve romance, which is fine. The Eggs storyline does that for a very brief moment of the season. But it is kind of interesting that you are spending so much social media time alone on Spoby and mm-hmm. Caleb and Spaleb and Ezri and all this shit. And Emily, the one who's not like the others, is suffering. Well, you know, I don't think it was, I don't think anything she wrote in her piece was unfair. No, I think, not at all. I think it's all totally valid. Um, when I watched this season, Emily's actually my favorite character this half season. Hmm. And I mean, part of that's just because I'm not watching, looking for the same things. You know, if you're looking for representation, you're not going to be too happy. Right. Uh, and so Especially I think that's totally valid. In the climate of TV as it is now mm-hmm. post Lexa's death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of our commenters on our website page, uh, Suki Spence, was like, I totally love Emily this season. Um, so I, I do think Emily's been good, but yeah, it's like there's this conspicuous absence of a romance. It does make me wonder about Freeform. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm probably a little bit naive when it comes to this. I just assume that like the networks are totally cool with lesbians on TV now, and maybe that's not actually the case. Um, I mean, there are, you know, there are like lesbian and gay people involved in the production of PLL. I don't think they would be like, no, we don't want to do this. Right. And so I don't know if this is a network thing or if it's just happens to be a coincidence. I mean, I kind of think part of it is that I think they're stalling with Emily because they want to build up to this like Emerson endgame thing. Mm. But Allie as a character has been kind of abused. And that was another my other problem with season six. She's been like just this tool of the plot. Like in six oh, A yeah. in six A they had to make Allie like Suddenly, she's really emotional and then all about her family because we need to make the Charlotte thing have an impact. And then in 6B, it's like, well, Rollins is secretly a villain. And so Allie's going to be our tool to like make you theoretically trust this guy. So we feel the betrayal, you know, and so they're, they're using her for the plot. And so they're just like stalling on that. And it's like, well, let's just put Emily on like a back burner right now and you know, give her like a fake girlfriend or something like, like Sarah Harvey until we can finally get to the part where Rollins is evil and then now Emily and, and Allie can come together well on top of it Allison throughout season 5 is the girl who knows too much she can't mm-hmm. say anything because she potentially knows too much and then it's like in addition to everything you just mentioned in season 6 her voice is essentially taken away she's no longer proactive she no longer has essentially power really oh yeah it's like what the fuck happened to you you know um Quite and I can possibly, see how that's useful to the plot lines they wanted to write, but it's like, this doesn't feel like the Alley character at all. It's like she got body snatched or something. Well, and, and maybe the most wronged character 
by the narrative so far. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the freeform thing confuses me only because it's a drastic change that follows so quickly after their last push, which was the Becomers thing. Yeah, yeah, and I know that's the weird thing. And that was that was the start of season six of PLL, and like now in the the end of that se- that season, they're all brand new network for brand new name yeah. and a seemingly a, a whole new. I don't even know. I don't know what the identity of the network is, you know? I mean, it's possible it's just a coincidence that they didn't really give enough thought to. I mean, there's there's a period in in uh, 4B where Hannah is single, and mm-hmm. it's actually, like, one of the great Hannah arcs because it's she's just being, like, cool and, like, discovering some new, you know, facets of herself and getting smart and solving mysteries. And that's cool, and Emily can have those moments too, but when you only have one lesbian on your show and she's not dating anyone, it's a lot more noticeable. You know, it's, it's, there's like plenty of other straight action going on when Hannah's single. Well, right. Like when Emily's single, it's suddenly just like, uh, what happened, you know? So, so season seven, starting as it is now, from what we know from the end of season six here, tell me where the fuck does love enter Emily's life? You know what I mean? I mean, it seems like we're going to have to drag out Rollins being evil. For yeah. a little while before. So if it's Emerson, how long before that happens? How does she settle down and find happiness with anyone that? If it's Paige, Paige, you know, the way they wrote Paige out, I thought was fair. I feel like how do we're Paige back in. Paige I mean, is going to come out, and this is a bad analogy, but she's going to she's going to come back like Riley and Buffy. Uh, not that Paige is Riley, but like she's right. going to come back with her new wife or, or new girlfriend and just be like, "My life is great." Sorry, Emily. Like I feel like that's what she's going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, yeah, it's like, I feel like we're not going to get the Rollins reveal till the end of, uh, 7A. I Probably. hope not. I hope it's sooner than that. But it, it that's what I, my kind of prediction is it's, we're finally going to, Emily, or Allie, I should say, is finally going to discover that Rollins is evil at the end of 6A and then 6, or 7A. And then 7B will be the, the final, you know, Emerson romance is happening for real. Well, I kind of wonder if, if, Rick Rollins and uh, Mary Drake is kind of like that half season St. Germain kind of thing. It could and, be. Yeah. And, it, and it kind of wraps up and we get back to whatever Uber A, A Moji, Emoji, whatever that is. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's not like Mona doesn't have chemistry for every character she encounters. I would, I would, if I was like a writer throwing out ideas, I would throw out could Emily and Mona find a connection? I would just be like, Spencer finds out about Caleb and Hannah is heartbroken, commiserates with Mona over some booze, and suddenly they're making out. And it makes well, more sense than anything has ever made sense in the world. And, and stuff like this, too. Sometimes you get a little too attached to your great actors. And I kind of think six B's on the table, guys. We're doing a flash forward thing. Uh, it's a whole new show. It's a whole new landscape. Uh, obviously, we may or may not be dealing with certain budget cuts. <laughs> We have three significant others. We need to drop one. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Caleb needs to be gone. Ezra needs to be gone. Or Toby needs to be gone. We need to pick one. Like, and then I feel like it's a little more fair to Emily. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, just... yeah, that's the thing. It's because, like like I said, I, I thought Emily was actually really fun this half season. Uh, she, She's kind of coming to her own, except that it's like, what happened to her girlfriends, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is is we have to also keep in mind that it's not just about Emily finding love because what I loved about her season one storyline wasn't Paige per se, but it was about Emily finding it to be herself. Mm. 
And that kind of reflects to like Charlotte finally getting to beat herself. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I made then a mistake. Murdered. Yeah. And I made a mistake earlier in the episode. And I want to correct that too. I referred to baby Charles mm. almost drowning Allison in the scalding hot tub. It really should have been baby Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think we were trying to be good about that in six ten when we talked about it. Anyway, the other thing too is yeah. So Emily, I feel like has taken some hits this season without a doubt. That's not even a question. One of the things that has risen though, I think, is the subtle the subtleness of Shay Mitchell, the comedic actor. Mm-hmm, definitely. I mean, she's doing some fucking great work. Like the when they're doing the search through Allison's house in six A, just every time this season <laughs> where like she comes in and somebody's like tongue fucking or whatever. Or well, she just has no no patience left for any of this shit, you know. Well, when you get to that point, that's my favorite Emily. Absolutely, when Emily is pissed off and like she lets the like the Phoenix Force out, I love that. But it's just any time where like. Like uh, Jordan and Hannah are fighting, and Emily's just like creeping along the edges to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Well, it's switching tacks a little. Like, what do they do with like Ari and Ezra in season seven? Serious. I mean, are they just gonna like drag out the affair for a while or something? I guess I don't know. How interesting is that gonna be? And then like, is I guess I'm be- hoping they shift back more to the mystery rather than the romances in season seven. But I mean, they've built up so much drama around the the romances currently that they're going to have to pay that off. But I mean, do they? Is there drama where like Arya's like Ezra? I can't go on the book tour. I have to figure out who's kidnapped Anna. Yeah. P.S. <sighs> Nicole's alive. Yeah. Oh, and and the problem is that Nicole coming back is fascinating. I it needs to connect to. Arya storyline you know like like mm-hmm. Arya having if, if like once Liam's gone then I think you bring Nicole back you know what I mean like I don't probably care. yeah yeah you I don't, don't care do that all it that only causes drama for Ezra Ezra's mm-hmm. not a pretty little liar <laughs> seriously in addition that he's not a Mona he's not an Allison or whatever um and that's the thing is like we talked about I, I think off air once about Caleb you have to like keep Caleb not too powerful. You know what I mean? Like he never mind this this whole like Hannah Spencer love triangle thing that he's You're doing. You're still not a PLL. Yeah. You're still not a PLL. But it's like you can't keep relying on the boyfriend who's a great hacker as much, mm-hmm. you know? Um Yeah. In conclusion, give Emily a girlfriend. Even if it's just some hookups, you know, like Sabrina on the side. Like I feel like they're just stalling with her and so it's like, ah, eh, we'll just give you Talia and they're gonna throw you Sarah and then you like have I, like a single two minute date with Sabrina. It's like they're just like waiting, waiting, waiting till seemingly she can finally get with Allie. I mean, that seems like what from the actor's comments, that's where they're going. I can't specifically say that that what I need is for them to give Emily a girlfriend. But what I will say is that by highlighting so fucking heavily mm-hmm. other three relationships, it's noticeable. It's yeah. super noticeable. And that feels like absolutely the exact opposite of representation. Yeah. Um, and again, it is not a good time for representation on TV. And, well, and even like whatever the feelings are of the people who make the 100, and I know there's like an actor schedule is one issue there, blah, 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 blah. Like still, you do have to at a certain point react to how your fans feel. True. I mean, you know, to be fair, they, they filmed this all six right. months ago. Um, right. And, but like, you know, stuff with like, like Charlotte, you know, 610. Yeah. A lot of people. Well, that, that there's another thing where maybe if you had, a whole you know hiatus to think about what you're doing next maybe you don't make the same decisions which is uh, another reason why freeform should do 
I just saw this on Reddit, so I bring it up. They should do like a Talking Dead show for PLL because mm-hmm. you can directly have an official statement and try to start this conversation a little bit here. That's you know? true. Yeah, I don't know. I just Emily, you know, she deserves more. Like, like if this season had been like Hannah's not like that's what I was talking about with like the Hannah and Caleb storyline and the Spencer and Caleb storyline. Like, just do one of them. Don't do both of them. Mm-hmm. If you only do one of them, the other person can be single. Mm-hmm. And you can have like, you know, because I have actually I've seen people in the past online be like, you know, like, you know, queer people be like, I wish Emily was single. Why does you always have to have a girlfriend? Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, at the same time, it's like she's your only lesbian character on the show. And so suddenly she's she's single. And it's like, is she even gay anymore? You know, if you're watching it, because you, you never really see her interact with anyone. Well, do you remember, too, when there was like we were getting into 6B and people were like. Someone started that rumor that Emily and Toby sleep together. Oh, God, no, yeah. And we were like, oh, fuck, no. <laughs> yeah, at least they didn't do that. Jesus. For a lot of reasons. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck, no. Um, yeah, and like I said, my, my stance is not like, oh, give Emily a girlfriend. But, you know, it needs to all be a little fair between your four leads. And I, I, and I, I have faith that there's quite possibly a plan. Or at least give Mona a girlfriend, you know? Yeah. There's quite possibly a plan that we're not aware of. I just think they're stalling, personally. That's kind of my read. But they, I think they, they stalled a little too long, and it got noticeable. Yeah. And, and but you know, and, and poor sad. Allie. I mean, Allie, Allie's just, like, getting... Her character's getting used and abused for the plot right now. And, and, and you know, I would praise, like, the Arya storyline this in 6B. I, I loved it. It was it was so weird. It, it was, was so, so wonderfully awful. Yeah. And at the same time, again, this is the number one Sarah Harvey appreciation podcast. Like, I do love her character. I love what she's become in 6B. And it's not much. And it, it goes a long way. Oh, and, there, you know, there's another thing. Like, does Sarah Harvey need a comfort bro? Like, we kind of established that she was theoretically into girls. Did did she have to have a, a dude? Could she have not been working with a woman, you know? Well, do we it's know? Just little stuff like that. I mean, is it, is it been implied that this is like a romantic connection or is he like her under? Well, we don't even know. That's that's the thing, though. You know, it, it suddenly it it suddenly feels like this is a much less lesbian friendly show than it was before, you know? I mean, it's we can't read too much into this dude who just chills in suburban neighborhoods eating <laughs> ice cream cones. Yeah. <laughs> Just dead drops. All right. Well, I think we covered that topic. Uh, we almost hit the three-hour mark. We're working on it. <laughs> no, I. Um, oh, I have a uh, real quick. It uh, looks like we don't have the details yet. We might do another roundtable with the ladies from the Bustle podcast and the hiatus. So that'll be fun. Um, also, I wanted to throw out some quick hellos to people like DJ, Taryn, Oliver, Jordan, Julie, Michelle, Nicole, Mallory, Rachel, Raquel, Donna, Katie, Rose, Monica, Crystal, Stephanie, Alexandra, and Kirsten, Kristen, who mailed us a lovely slash fiction reasoning for why Hannah's being so cruel to Mona this season. And also to <laughs> a listener named Melissa who got hammered and watched PLL and saw it in a whole new light. Um, I'm bringing all these people up because... Wait, you mean you weren't drinking while watching PLL before? Seriously. Like, but, uh, you know, we, who knows what the situation would be with Kent. Shout out to all these people in the future. Um, I think we have some other cool stuff that we might do the hiatus as far as PLL. We'll see. Yeah. We shall see indeed. Uh, got a lot of reviews here. Oh, cool. Uh, in the U.S. alone, we have uh, M406. Pigtunia Drake. I love that yes. one. <laughs> You're my hero. I think they must have got that in like right after the finale aired. Pigtunia Drake. Uh, Jordan Patterson, K Mac 1313, Lion Blood 6, 
to be a Gamecock 17. I think that's like a sports team. And uh, HPOP 9418. So thank you to all of them in the U.S. In Canada, we had Will You Marry Me Jason. De Laurentiis, I guess. Uh, and Sally Hung. In Germany, we have uh, Kath, Kathia Alt. I'm not really Kathy Alt. Uh, and Cake and Cookies. In the UK, we had London Millie and Ren is A. <laughs> <laughs> Ireland, we had Lolo Ball 45. Australia, Kelly 1985. And Riley Aaron. And in Brazil, our first review from Brazil. Come, Come to Brazil. Fatima Nova. Novo. Okay. So thank you to all of them. Uh, we always appreciate the reviews, which you can leave us on iTunes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at broswatchpll2 on the Twitter. Our website page is broswatchpll2.com. Lots of conversation there. Uh, if you want to have it, you know, go a little deeper. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, anything else? No, that's it. Uh, thank you, everyone, for putting up with us for another season. <laughs> Um, we don't... hope you enjoy this super, super long podcast. I just, I know there's like a, like a silent, at least minority of, uh, listeners who's like, oh my God, it's even longer than ever. Yeah. Sorry. And, and don't, Sorry. <laughs> don't take any constructive criticism we may offer at the end of this to say that we're not looking forward to season seven. Or well, not, I really have, I, I feel like they, they have, they got, you know, five months to like plan it out this time. They're not totally switching gears in the middle of the season. Yeah. Um, so I, I think they're, it's, I, I believe Marlene, let's say that when she says it's going to be crazy reveals happening constantly. Uh, cause I think that they, they have time now to kind of sit back and, and figure out where they're going rather than be like, Oh shit, it's five years forward suddenly. And I, I, I just, I can't imagine having to do that week in, week out, like that you're going to get your best material that way, you know? Well, and, and I saw one of these interviews where she said that a lot of the stuff in season seven has been in the planning for a while. And I kind of like things like Mary Drake make me kind of believe that in a way. Cause you know Mar- what I mean? it totally makes sense that Jessica has a twin when you go back. That was yeah. a very popular theory. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't feel like someone just walked into the writer's room one day and was like, I have a save. I have a, ha- I have a band aid, you know? <laughs> so yeah all right well uh yeah we'll be back i don't know soonish week or two it'll be nice not to have to record till three in the morning for uh, a little while get some sleep but yeah we'll be back maybe have some interviews do some roundtables uh we're gonna pick up headcanon again or other podcasts uh i don't know when exactly but soon ish we may take like a week break we may um, but yeah, I think what we're doing Back to the Future next. I think Back to the Future is next. Um, I got a lot I really of... want to talk about the the DC Cinematic Universe just to trash it. I don't okay. know if anyone would really want to listen to that, but I just want to complain about that. Here's the thing, though. Do you want to do that so much so that you would go and watch Man of Steel again? So I actually watched like the first 10 minutes of that movie the other day, and it's like, what ah. the fuck is this? Seriously. Yeah. What what is going on? Why are there spaceships shaped like penises? Like literally shaped that, like penises. That twenty minutes like, on Krypton. We sentence you to escape this dying planet. Yeah. What is going on? That twenty minutes on Krypton where Zack Snyder tries to like it's remake brutal. like Flash Gordon something more phallic and stupid. Yeah, I, I somehow Superman's dad is like a better fighter than Zod. Oh my god. But anyways, I've heard a lot of I've heard a lot of suggestions lately that we should do the Twilight movies after Back to the Future. 
<laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> uh, the first movie was fun. The second uh, one, not so much fun. And that's when it stopped. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll figure that out. You know, it's probably not going to be that long of a hiatus. Probably only like three months till we're back. And and seven. that's perfect. Like yeah. five months, you know, got to the point where you're aching. I, I like three. Months. I really want a how a hall. I don't know about Halloween, but a holiday special. I would like a holiday special, maybe Thanksgiving or something for season seven. Yeah, Even if I you think... have to do like just nine episode first season or, or whatever, you know, like it, you need that little like that one episode in between to hold you over for that super long hiatus. Well, and it frustrates me. Don't do that for three seasons and then never do it again. It, it was a people look forward to it. It was great. You could tell mm-hmm. that a lot of them were having fun doing it. Yeah, yeah. Bring it back. I absolutely agree. It was like four seasons. It was, yeah, it's four seasons. So bring back the Halloween special. All right, we gotta shut up. Yeah. I'm Benjamin Light. Marcus Sparks. See you later. Later. Bye bye.